What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 75 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. We have plenty of football to discuss. Obviously, we also had the best weekend of NFL football in the past two years since the coronavirus reared its ugly head. So we have all that to break down. Hockey, basketball, a little bit of MMA sprinkled in there, and some even lower-level hockey. So great set of topics for you guys to listen to in episode 75+. plus. We also have the return of the GOAT, Hezbollah. Didn't have the greatest betting weekend last week, but he gives us another parlay. So all of that great stuff coming at you guys. Be sure to follow us at Pod, all of our social medias, and on your favorite podcasting platform. New episodes drop every Wednesday with our YouTube videos coming out throughout the rest of the week. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench, and be sure to subscribe, ring the notification bell as well there. Keep up, become a bench warmer. We've got a lot of growth so far across all of our platforms, so we appreciate it. We want to continue to do so, and we got plenty of more great content coming your way in the 2022 year. But uh, you want to flip a coin to see uh, what, what's going to happen? Yeah, I'll flip a coin to see who gets the attention. Whoever gets the ball first will win the episode, right? Because we, we that's well. how all playoff overtime works, right? It's, I, tails never fails. That's all I'm going to say. Bench warmers, guess who's back? It's time for the center of attention. Uh, I'm not going to focus on any team specifically because I think that would do a disservice to what we were just witness of. The past 48 hours of NFL action have been probably the most competitive that I've seen since I was the one creating and, and working everything in Madden. Uh, four games in the divisional round all decided on the final play of the game. Three of the four were decided by a game-winning field goal of the bottom seed, and then the Chiefs, obviously the only top seed that ended up winning. It's been said quite a bit as I've been looking through social media on Monday as we're recording this, but that probably, that game last night, Sunday night, the Bills versus Chiefs, the most entertaining, the most competitive NFL game, I think, since the Chiefs played the Rams on Monday Night Football back in 2018. Obviously the best atmosphere of any athletic event in the past two years since the coronavirus reared its ugly head, and we've been having to deal with all that kind of stuff. The great thing about this game, this weekend of football, though, I don't think that there's a team that won that you can say didn't deserve it. I don't think there's a team that won that you can say doesn't have a chance to win this weekend. We might be, you know, people might have differing opinions about that based on the AFC matchup. This is the best case scenario for the NFL. This is the worst case scenario for any other sport trying to gain some traction during this time of the year, college basketball, NBA, NHL. It is still going to be at some point basketball's time to take over. Hockey hockey doesn't ever really take over in America. But this past weekend is going to leave people just longing for football even more to the point where we might be seeing more people watch the Combine than watch some of these mid-season games into the other sports. But I don't think that there's a way you can say this past weekend wasn't the best weekend of NFL action in the past two years, at least. Probably the best weekend of NFL action in the last 15 games. And and Sunday Night Football, I think it's the best, well, most well-played shootout that we've seen in quite some time. So that's this week's center of attention. We're obviously going to talk quite a bit about the divisional round, but that's all coming up here in this episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant.
This episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by our YouTube channel. Subscribe today and become a bench warmer. The Far End of the Bench on YouTube. Nico, this is... I I know that you're more of a basketball guy, but uh, I, I, this past I, weekend I, I, was, Are you not entertained? Like This is, this is the, the best... The best weekend the NFL could have ever had, and we yeah. still have two more weeks, or technically three weeks left of football left. Yeah, this weekend, two weeks from now, there's going to be a little, little bit of a lull. But I think that what happened after Sunday and Saturday, it's going to keep people buzzing all the way through the Pro Bowl, and then once the Super Bowl comes back around, especially with it being in Los Angeles this year, we're going to see probably record-setting attendance, record-setting viewership. Because the thing about the divisional round is that yes. Tons of people were entertained. Tons of people were watching. I think even more people that don't care about football were watching those games just because they were on social media and they're like, "What? Yeah, it's what's going on right now." The, the factor of the the three the three underdogs to start, and then you have like what we thought was we thought the Chargers versus Raiders was going to be game of the year. We then we then we said, "Oh, but." Uh, the, the you know the Bucks Rams that definitely game of the year. Oh wait, there's one more. <laughs> Hold on, we're we're not we're not done yet. No. Just to, don't don't get too comfy. Better sports betters, especially. My God, I bet on every single game. I hit two out of my four. I hit I hit the I hit the Bengals Titans under, and then I had uh, the Rams money line, which the other two just I had no I was dead on, so it didn't really matter. But yeah, it was it was insane. Uh, it. I felt bad for everything else happening this weekend, and I mentioned I watched the end of the Auburn and Kentucky game on, I think that was on Saturday, it was like right before, I I think I was watching ESPN and the UFC thing was coming up right after, so that's why I watched that end of the basketball game, but even the UFC pay-per-view, Dana White was probably sitting there like, fuck, also... We, we should talk about that at some point in this episode, too. Oh, Francis Ngannou is holding the UFC hostage right now. <laughs> if you ever wanted hard fact that the UFC does not pick who's going to win before the fights happen, this is not WWE and Dana White is not Vince McMahon. Saturday night was the perfect example. Oh, but, uh, oh and he has a wrestling game, apparently, too. <laughs> oh, he can wrestle. What? Who? I, I, you take oh, that big God. guy down. Oh, you take God. that big tree trunk down, and, and we'll see what torn happens. Torn MCL, torn ACL, and he took the guy down five times. The guy that's never been tucked down is in, in any professional fight. Cyril Gunn. That's all you need to say. It's the... You've seen Ace Ventura, right, where where he's looking for the dolphin yeah. and he goes into the tank and it ends up being a great white shark and the classic Jim Carrey line is, that's not Snowflake. Oh. Cyril Gaon got taken down by Francis Ngannou on Saturday night and was just like, what the? That's not uh, Snowflake. Uh, this is not what's supposed to be happening. I can't get him off of me. This isn't fair. Francis Ngannou can't wrestle. No, that's... Weekend, the weekend of sports, perfect, great for us having this, uh, the show that we have to get through today, not get through, get to talk about everything that happened today. Let's start, we'll start at the very beginning because uh, the Bengals are in the AFC Championship. You, the, the Bengals are in the AFC Championship. And, and, I have to say it as many times as I possibly can just to remind myself and to remind everybody else that this is happening. And let's, let's keep it a buck. You got the perfect route. You were given the perfect route. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you, Honestly, they you might were not given, have been. You were the the, the game Sunday night the, the leaves, only, leaves there to be not a perfect route. But. The, the, no, a perfect route to the AFC Championship. Oh. And not, I'm not saying to the Super Bowl because you still got a ways to go. You were given probably the second uh, se- thir- second or third worst team in the playoffs in the Raiders. And and then you you got to avoid the two powerhouses and the Titans for just tightened how they usually did and just choked. Yeah. Well, 
I think one thing that we have to mention about the Titans, we talk about them being bullies and, and hard-nosed and everything like that. The team is not hard-nosed. Derrick Henry is a bully and is hard-nosed and is physically more dominant than everybody else. Nobody else on that team besides maybe Roger Saffold is a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing in a dark alley. And that was proven on Saturday because of the way that the Bengals shut down the Titans' running game. The way they did it, they just... When the Titans came up to the line, there was a Bengal player in front of every single person that was up on the line. They had five guys across, all offensive linemen, a guy on each of the tight ends, and even the receivers, when they tried to get them involved in blocking, they were getting punched in the face, and the Titans didn't like it. I, I'll keep it a buck. I think Derrick Henry wasn't full. He should I, not I, have been playing. I, like, like, and they tried, Devontae, they, Devontae Foreman ran so much better than were, him. And they should have like they should have seen the first couple drives, seen him not be able to run as hard, and should have been like, well, we have another guy that can still run hard. Why are we putting a cripple out there? And I thought it would be fresh legs. Obviously, the injury took – having a metal plate in your foot is a little bit harder than people – Thought. And we can be honest, too. Everybody thought that this was going to be an easy game for the Titans because nobody expected oh, shit out of the I, Bengals. I, I, I will disagree completely on that because majority of betters that, that took the underdog, the Bengals were the team to peel bet on. Yes, but... That, so, I, I will tell you, you were the quote-unquote favorite well, among the, the rest of the NFL. We had more people bet on our side, but we were still the underdog. You and I both picked the, the Titans to win last weekend. Everybody besides Boomer Siason picked the Titans to win going into that game. And the, the Bengals, really, the main thing for them out of this, they, they have not played a very good game on the offensive side of the ball against the Raiders or against the Titans. Pray, there's, pray. Been, there's like two or three plays each game that the offense did what they were supposed to do, and Joe Burrow not necessarily having terrible turnovers has also helped them a lot. Um, Prayer circle with Joe Burrow. Nothing's wrong with him. He just is going to get fucking killed at some point, and it's it's just not going to be pretty, especially if he has to face the Rams in the Super Bowl. The the memes that came out of that and the videos, I, I love. I I was hesitant on TikTok at first. I've grown to love it, and all the people, the skits are hilarious. Where he's telling the media, "Yeah, no, we're excited about next weekend." The door closes, guys. Fucking guys. help me. Nine sacks? Nine sacks. The nine? First, first time in NFL history, I think, a team, like not just postseason, has, has had nine sacks and lost. Mm-hmm. So so all this softness is, is also put directed at your offensive line. It's the, so yeah. th- that, that will be facing, honestly, a better inside – a better inside of – or inside uh, – uh, uh, Core defense, like D line wise, than than what you saw on the Titans. Titans were better pass rushers on the outside, not much in the, in the inside. But I, I just in that meme, obviously, obviously of Penny Sewell. Look, Penny Sewell doesn't get this Bengals to the playoffs. That's a fact. Jamar Chase. We're picking in the top five again if we draft yeah. Penny Sewell. So, so, so all you all you guys out there, Bengals are now in the pursuit not for an off. I'll be I'll keep it up. Not for an offensive tackle in the draft. Go. You, it's time for the Bengals are obviously contenders. You go trade for one because because right now you, the last thing you need is another rookie guy up there trying to protect your franchise quarterback who is. If he gets hit another nine times, like I, I pray. Like I said, I pray for him. I, I, I love Joe Burrow. I, I pray for him. Dude, there was a lot, like, and that's the thing too. The Bengals' offensive line. There's a few guys that shouldn't be in the league anymore. But I, I was thinking about it watching that game. We have Jackson Carmen, who isn't starting, but he did play a little bit uh, on Saturday. He was our second round pick this year. Jonah Williams, who started at left tackle for us. Pick two, three years ago. Tenth overall pick. Yeah. 
and he gave up three sacks on his own, and a couple of them he did not even move. Like I, I, I'm starting to have conversations with myself. Is Jeffrey Simmons better or worse than Chris Jones? Jeffrey Simmons proved a hell of a lot. Jeffrey Simmons, you you want to talk about a guy that should be pissed off, or at least a unit that should be pissed off about them losing that game? The Titans defense, like, they, and they and it doesn't even could, yeah. it doesn't go. It goes nowhere other than the offensive coordinator deciding, oh, they're going to stop Derrick Henry. I'm not going to run Devontae Foreman, and we're going to put the ball in Turbo Tannehill's hands after he threw a pick on the first play. And it wasn't even – Jesse yeah, Bates was a great play. And I'm going to say this now. I, I've qualified it a little bit better since I've had time to think about this. Jesse Bates is the best safety in football that has not been signed to a long-term extension. I don't know why. Jesse Bates still is on his rookie contract. We still have not offered him an extension. There's a good chance that we might not get him back next year because Mike Brown is so fucking shysty. That'd be, but just be an absolute crime. Oh my god, that that guy like he, he's the he's the man, and he set the tone for everything. Mike Hilton on defense. I said it going into the playoffs. The Bengals secondary might be the the worst part of their team, and they've been lights out. Like Shout Mike out. Hilton, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Awuzie, Awuzie, yeah. Like I, I, I was so mad when they brought in Awuzie because he was the third cornerback on the Cowboys, Body and the Cowboys yeah. defense sucked. But no, he's been great. Did you see what Von Bell said today? How, how he's got he's the got the Giants mouth. and Saints. Well, he's got a mouth and a half. He played for the Giants and the Saints, so yeah, yeah he he would have a mouth on him, but. That, that is, there is something to be said about getting a guy who hasn't performed well other places and when he actually en- enjoys playing for your organization and your coaching staff, you can get a lot out of him. This mm-hmm. Bengals coaching staff has done quite a bit with not a great roster. If you look at the four teams that are going to be left coming into the, going into championship weekend, the Bengals by far have the least talented and and the roster that you would not expect to be in this situation. I would I would argue say San Francisco because of the quarterback position, but outside of that, San cause, Francisco cause, is a lot better outside. Like the Bengals beat San Francisco in the quarterback position. Do the Bengals really beat them in another position? I, I mean, maybe receiver, maybe receiver, maybe receiver. But Debo, the, Debo's, Debo's like two and a half yeah. receivers plus a running back. So. I mean, you definitely have a running back too. Yeah, running back. Elijah Mitchell and. Yeah, maybe maybe the safety position because that's what the 49ers are missing. But yeah, I like I said, I, I want to touch on this Tannehill thing too, real quick. Because if 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 I am a quarterback, obviously we'll we'll talk about a Rod later on. But if I am a quarterback of that stature and I am looking for a place to go, Tennessee should be number one mm-hmm. because that team. If they have a, a competent quarterback that, that, that doesn't choke in the big game and that all he has to do is turn around and give the ball to Derrick Henry or hit Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in this generation, and A.J. Brown, one of the best young receivers in football right now with a slant route, then that's, then that's all you need from him. Because Tannehill's trying to win the game. He's trying to be the man, and you don't need – you didn't need to. No. I mean, he, he put himself in the position where he needed to be the hero. And, and give him credit, that touchdown pass that he threw to A.J. Brown. The, the money throw. The, the bad thing about Bengals, being a Bengals fan for as long as I have been, I'm just sitting there watching a game like that, like, okay, where are we going to give this to the Titans? And I thought that touchdown pass to A.J. Brown was going to be where it happened. Tannehill couldn't have gone out there and handed him – the ball in a better position. Like he threw that ball so well, he didn't need two hands. It just got stuck between his hip and his left hand as he was falling down in the end zone. So that play was great. But then he turns around and 
threw the interception in the red zone to Mike Hilton. And that last interception that he threw, yes, it got tipped. He was also throwing to Anthony Ferkser, who was triple covered. And we were talking you're tied about in. you're tight end, yeah. but the other three your options. Your second, your second tight end, not even your starting tight end, because uh, I can't remember OJ. I think they had OJ Howard. No, no. Um, oh, it's oh, a guy. God. I'm not able to think of his name now. They had a tight end, and Ferkser was the backup, and they let the other tight end walk. And uh, Johnu Smith, Johnu yeah. Smith was it? They let Johnu Smith walk and let Ferkser stay. And Tannehill's like. Julio Jones? Nah. AJ Brown? Brown? No. Devontae Foreman out of the backfield? No. Let's throw it to a triple-covered Anthony Ferkser and let Logan Wilson get his eighth pick on the season. And and let's just make sure that I mean, the legend of Shooter McPherson can be born. Oh, yeah. Shout-out Shooter. But I I, I just I don't understand what you're doing. You're, you're, you have the ball. You're tied. Right, like you have what? Well, what was it like? A minute fifty, a minute forty left, something like that. I don't know. I have, yeah. I forgot the time. I think it was a minute clock. fifty. You should never be like forcing the ball. At some point, you 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 got you got to make the smart play. Obviously, you want to get in field goal range, but when you only need a field goal to win a game, you don't need to get in the end zone. Get on, get within the forty yard line and let your kicker, who who would would have loved a revenge game against his former team, Fat Randy, would he would have loved that. Shout and, out, Fat Randy, you suck. Like it's I, they just try to do too much and and. I don't know where the Titans go go from here because this is the best defensive team they've had in a few years. Derrick Henry, this is an injury. Who knows what the rest of his career looks like? Because people say injuries can cost people, but like Derrick Henry, he's 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 a different human being. But having a different plate in your having a metal plate in your foot can affect a man's life. Yeah. And so that and when your offensive line isn't going to play up to their level, that that too. Because there's a couple times where I mean Hendrickson has played against Taylor Lewan quite a bit. The Saints and Titans have played each other uh, quite a few times in, throughout the time that they would have been in that little bit of a rivalry. And Hendrickson a few times made Taylor Lewan look like he shouldn't have even been in the NFL. And and I'm talking about a guy that I absolutely love, a guy that, in Taylor Lewan that I've said win healthy, the top five offensive tackle in the league currently. He did not look good. He He's also been dealing with a lot of injuries. He hasn't really looked great all season. The only guy that played up to his level outside of the defense would be Roger Saffold. And when your left guard is the only guy on your offense that's legitimately out there to win, you're, you're not. Screwed. it's going to yeah. be tough. You're, you're going to be losing coming out of a bye. That's the other thing, too. Like The Titans with that bye week and Coach Vrabel, I was expecting them to have a, a, a game plan that they could have... They could have not done anything, and their game plan would have just won it. For Up them. until this past week, Vrabel was eight zero with more than eight days rest or eight days to play a team. That just it, you could look at the way that they were out there and the way that they were going through their plays. They did not look prepared, and it was incredible to see. It's incredible for me to think about <laughs> the the here's the personnel. The last time the Bengals were in in the uh, AFC Championship, quarterback was Boomer Esiason, left tackle was Anthony Munoz, who's now in the Hall of Fame. And the uh, running back was a, a little guy named Elbert Icky Woods, famous for the Icky Shuffle or the – was it the progressive? I'm pretty sure it's Icky Shuffle. I don't know. The, the Geico commercial farm, yeah, where he's in the, the grocery store and he does the Icky Shuffle. That's where this franchise was, and that's where this franchise is now. And I love my fifth-round kicker that we drafted. I, I, I will tell you one thing before we move on to the games. 
You just need to avoid a Jacksonville Jaguars type 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 scenario because obviously, look, you're you have a far better quarterback. Obviously, Joe Burrow's not Blake Bortles, but you need to avoid that at all costs because you because because at this point, it's it's no longer a fluke in the plan. You're you're yeah. here. You're here. You you've solidified Joe Burrow as one of the best young quarterbacks in football. It's solidified now. Now it's it's not time to let up and let let the Browns come back in, the Steelers get back in, or the Ravens will bring Lamar back in because that's that look look what happened in Jacksonville after that a, the AFC title run. Yeah, hopefully they're able to keep this thing going and there's a set plan draft wise and everything like that now. Um, I I don't see this team. The one issue that I can see this team running into is that they've been very, very lucky in the first two games that they've played. Obviously, with Whistlegate, I'm not. Go- I'm still not going to sit here and say that that play where the whistle was blown inadvertently against the Raiders would have changed the outcome of that game because the Raiders still would have had to find they the way to win. Shot, yeah. And the Bengals found the way to win that game. The Bengals found a way to win this past weekend. But are they going to continue to be that lucky? further they move into the playoffs and you're going up against a team that doesn't really need to be lucky to be able to win these games. Um, I think the, some of the stat leaders that I, I found obviously McPherson uh, he'll come up a little bit later on four for four. And that little the anecdote that Burrow said in his post game, like I, I would play for a kick. I would play with a kicker like that. Kick, I mean, McPherson says like, well, it looks like we're going to the AFC championship. I love that cockiness. Yeah, and it wasn't, it was like a, he did the little fake swing, like a golfer, like the fake practice. Yeah, I feel good. I, I guess we'll go to the AFC Championship this yeah. week. That's I, I mean, I love that. I love it. It was for, it was absolute for the brand weekend. Yeah, and uh, to shout out that cornerback who just decided, no, nah, I'm not going to tackle Jamar Chase <laughs> on a screen pass two yards behind the end zone. I'm going to let him run 57 yards down the field because I don't want to tackle him. You want to tackle him? Shout out Tyler Boyd. He had the, the game-saving tackle for the Tennessee Titans because that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, that should have been. Tyler yeah, Boyd absolutely. just needs to get his ass out of the way. Yeah. Um, 49ers and Packers. Let's let's go to that game because – Kyle uh, Shannon, you motherfucking legend. That's all I'll say. Cherry Creek legend. CCOD. Shout out CCOD, Cherry Creek, all the way. Um, <laughs> fucking, is Aaron Rodgers a fraud? <laughs> no, no. No, he's not a fraud. He's uh, not a fraud. He come is, on now. No, look, look, look. Okay. I hope everybody keeps the same energy. I hope they do. Everyone tell him he's a fraud. Everyone do that. Everyone tell him he can't win the big one. Because I remember a quarterback who couldn't win the big one either outside of one Super Bowl came to Denver and then got this team to two Super Bowls and won won another one. I remember a guy that everyone said, oh, his career's done for. He's no longer he no, he's no longer the F factor. He can't win the big one. Keep that same energy, please. Please keep that same energy. When you talk about the weather and everything that factored into this, the Packers, first of all, the offense only scoring ten points, which is, which is hard, which is ridiculous. But we know how snow games and how effective they can be. So you had to know this type of football game was going to happen. And then the other thing, a part of it, the Packers defense doesn't let up, lets up three, two field goals and loses. Two field goals. Your special teams unit, whether whether it be the blocked the blocked punt for a touchdown. Having 10 guys out there on the last field goal of the game of your season. Getting a field goal blocked at the end of the field half. Field goal too. blocked at the end of the half. Go on and on. The Packers had that in their hands. If, if they were halfway smart. They had Tom Gaman as their special teams coordinator. They probably don't give up one of those two majors. And, and, and what what does that snow snowy weather, like, like how, what, what type of team does that snow, ty- does the snow help more? 
a team that runs the damn ball down your throat and, and, and will play good, hard defense. And that's what the 49ers do. Because they're not, they're not telling Jimmy G to go beat you. They're not. They're, they're saying, Jimmy G, just go get Debo and George Kittle and Juice Check and Elijah Mitchell the ball, and that's all you need to do, and we'll win a game. No, oh, that's true. But also, if your quarterback is as good as we say Aaron Rodgers is, he shouldn't be staring down a guy that's triple covered and letting two other guys that are uncovered run down the field wide it's open. It's snow. It's snow. We it it, could, it could be snow. Here's a, How many playoff games did Payton win for the Broncos? Do you know? Because I found his overall, no overall playoff record. He I, went to the playoffs three times with the Broncos? Oh, every year. It was four years. He went every so season. in 2012. We lost the Ravens. So that would have been the one game there. And then in 2013, they would have won four we, playoff no. games or three playoff oh, games because they know. lost the Super Bowl. So he's 3-1 then. 2014, they lost we, to we the Colts. We won one game and then lost to the Colts. Yep. So that's five. Five and, five and two. And then the Super Bowl, which was four, I think. I don't know. He has four, Peyton Manning has 14 playoff wins total. I know. Which means yeah. that he's coming into – if this is truly how this is going to go, and the Pack- or the Broncos are going to go get Aaron Rodgers from the Packers and bring him in, thinking that it, they're just going to repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. This is how we win our Super Bowls. John Elway, Peyton Manning, now Aaron Rodgers. Peyton Manning came with a lot better track record in the playoffs and in the big games. Aaron Rodgers does not win big games that matter. I am going to argue with that and say that say that. Peyton, it's basically the same record. Peyton, or Peyton had been to one more Super Bowl than Rodgers has at this point in their career. One. It's it, he he could never get past Brady that often. It was always there was either Big Ben or something else that he always ran into in Indianapolis. And look what the Packers have run into: Tom Brady coming to your conference, a 49ers with one of the best young coaches in football. Like like they've run into a lot of different different things, and. I just, I, I said, the, the Packers, the, the, we're, we right now the biggest, happiest people in the world are Bears, Vikings, and Lions fans because Aaron Rodgers is definitely gone. Zadarius Smith basically said, "Thank you, Green Bay. I'm out of here." Devontae the, Adams wants out, but they're going to the, franchise. The back only, back. yeah, the only way you keep Devontae is by forcing him to stay there with, with, with franchise tagging him. Mm-hmm. Your t- Bakhtiari, I think, is basically done too. He he, he said he was back. I mean, he he said he was back and didn't even play. Yeah. So so like th- this Packers team. <laughs> good, good well, luck. honestly, let, we can talk about the Packers being a team that could really benefit from a single owner, because I was doing some research earlier today. You know how many home playoff games they've lost since two thousand seven. That's that's. You know how many crazy. Hall of Fame quarterbacks they've had in that time? Uh, both of them. Both of them. Yeah. Two. Brett two Favre and yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yet. Both guys have only won one Super Bowl, only been to three conference championship games total between the two of them. Actually, probably oh, four. Uh, it would have been yeah, four because four, they've yeah. each won one and lost another. So, yeah, they, Favre lost in 2007. I know. Rodgers has been to three, though. He lost two in a row the last two years. Either way, either way. I, I, know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Making my, making my point better. I just think that the Packers overall, like, they're putting together talent. They're putting together teams that can win. Something about the way that their franchise is set up is not getting them over the hump, except for once every 15 years. Yeah, I, I remember seeing ads on YouTube, be an owner of the Green Bay Packers. Like, I remember seeing that ad come across my screen. I was like, what? We were advertising right now? Yeah. I, like, I, I, obviously, what they do, it's very hard to switch off of what they've done for 70, 80 years, however long they've been playing. But I, 
it's such an interesting, it's such a weird city to have an NFL franchise in because Green Bay, for all intents and purposes, should just be a college town. Yeah, That's how big not, it yeah. is. That's the kind of metropolitan area that you're dealing with. Yes, they've been able to get some big free agents, mainly because of the two quarterbacks that they've had. I mean, it's still not years. even that big of free agents. Let's it's, keep it above. Yeah, it's it's not. not. It's drafting people. I, I honestly can't think of – I can only think of one guy that the Packers have went and got, like whether it be a trade or a free agency, that, that would have, quote-unquote, helped their team. That was Jimmy Graham when they traded for him when he was on the Saints. That's yeah. the only time I remember them buying or, or going to get a weapon. Yeah. And or I mean like like well, it, I look it, at all the talent they've had over the years. Clay Matthew drafted, AJ Hawk drafted, Favre drafted, Rogers drafted, Devontae Smith drafted, Jones, Dylan, the whole Bakhtiari, their whole team was drafted, which which is a kudos to the scouting program. Corey, Corey Lindsley, Lindsley too, who's an All Pro center now for the Chargers. Their whole team was basically bred through that program, and that's a kudos to the scout team. But at the same time, like like look, Aaron Rodgers needs some help, like like some help. Some help, yeah. like like your running game that was so good last year just decided not to show up this this week. Just said nah, it's snowy. I don't want to touch the ball. Like come on, like like, like it's not like it's not all on Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I'm riding his dick because I want him to be a Bronco. But at the same time, like like the 49ers were they got outcoached. Yeah, and and they the, the team just didn't play as hard as the 49ers did. Also, they were not prepared. Trent Williams was out for vengeance. Yes, very Trent much. Trent Williams so. had to play. They were putting him at fullback or That's an extra fun. fullback, oh and he God. was taking three defenders what? from oh. the Packers and bouncing their heads together <sighs> as uh, as Debo Samuel's probably running past him like clunk. Bye, Debo. Watching the 49ers play as a former fullback just just is literally the most satisfying thing to watch in football. Uh, I, like literally, what they use with Juice Tank, what they do with Debo, what they do with Kittle, what what they do with literally anybody on the offensive line is just beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's just a kudos to what Kyle Shanahan has done. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to his second straight or second AFC Championship game in three years. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, that trash quarterback. The he's, guy, the he's guy won they, as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, the guy that they draft that they traded up to and drafted a guy to replace next year went and got you to the AFC championship. The guy that the, the guy that everybody basically wrote off. Oh, he's done. He's not playing another year. Here has got you to the AFC championship, and now Kyle Shanahan is facing his fucking son and Sean McVay. Yeah, his son is. Uh Kyle Shanahan just might we might as well just come out and say it. I think he's probably the best coach. He he should win coach of the year every single year. They're not going to give it to him yeah. every year because he can't do that just how Andre Vasilevsky's not going to win the Vesna every single year. He's leading the league again in wins. Speaking of Andre Vasilevsky and Kyle Shanahan is back taking a underachieving roster cuz here's here's the question and and here's where we can say how much better of a coach Kyle Shanahan is than everybody else. Does Jimmy Garoppolo win that game for the Titans? No. I don't no, think so either. No, no, I think it's the no. exact same situation as probably you put Tannehill in, where he probably throws. Tannehill threw for over 300 yards, had, had a touchdown. Not a terrible game by any stretch, but threw picks at the Tannehill terrible time. Tannehill produced more what, than what Jimmy Garoppolo would have done against or on that Titans offense. So I I think that's where you can, can look at Kyle it, Shanahan and just go, the dude is different. And the big question circling now is, what if Jimmy G gets the Super Bowl? You still move on from him? Yeah. I mean, I would say yes. 
I'm I'm almost but you 110% are... positive Kyle Shanahan's got some plan to like where they're going to win yeah. the Super Bowl and then get rid of Kyle. Aaron Rodgers yeah, is going to come in and, and take over for Jimmy G. That's, hey, that, that's the other team. If you were smart, I mean, it's very rarely. I mean, the Colts or the Peyton situation is completely different because of it because of him. Uh, being released, being, all, released yeah. being released, and then Tom Brady obviously going to a different conference. His quarterbacks, contract was up. Yeah, well quarterbacks too. want to necessarily change something different. And whether that be facing different teams every year or, or going to a different conference and seeing what the water is like on the other side. I, I, and, I, I mean, like I said, I, I, hope, I hope everything can line up, right? <laughs> I hope so. Um but I said I, the Packers. This Packers team is going to look vastly different next year. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, Jordan Love is gonna make those Packer fans wish. Oh man, they are gonna hope be and wish for the days of all uh, that slander on Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, and they're gonna be wishing that they had either one of them. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'll keep my thoughts about Aaron Rodgers to myself. But that's it's gonna be tough sledding for that franchise for quite some time. Um, also, big shout out to Talona Hafunga. He's the guy who scored the touchdown off the block punt and uh, pretty much set up the game-winning field goal. Robbie Gold too. The fact that Robbie Gold is still kicking in the NFL. He, he has never missed a postseason field goal. Yeah. Imagine Bears fans. Imagine. That's all I'm gonna say. Imagine. Imagine if you kept him for one more year and what would have happened. Double That's all I'm gonna say. Anybody? Cody Parkey? No. Mason Crosby too. Talk about a guy Crosby's who is like old as hell. Well, He's got that touch of gray going on completely, well, and that touch of gray also left all of the kicking ability that he had somewhere. Somewhere, else. yeah. Because I I watched that game. The game against the Bengals is the quintessential example. Like both kickers just forgot. Mason Crosby had the yip so bad that day it rubbed off on Shooter, and now Mason Crosby's just like I can't fucking make a field goal. You guys can't block a field goal for me. And we're gonna put out ten guys on our field goal block because we don't need to do we don't need to do anything else. Ridiculous. Like that. Uh, uh, Rams Bucks. Cooper Cup is the dude. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is the, the third Paul brother. Like I said, the third Paul brother. <laughs> Cooper Cup, man. I the best looking Paul brother oh out of the three. Man, Cooper Cup. I just like look good. Good for Stafford. I, I feel I, you go like. I, I hate most LA teams. I hate the Lakers. I hate the Dodgers. I re- and I really don't like the Clippers. Like I, I don't really care about the Kings because they've been irrelevant. But I don't like LA teams. But like I, I enjoy the Rams because it's a bunch of dudes, basically outside of one guy that have never won anything. Mm-hmm. Like like Donald's Donald's won uh, individual trophies, hasn't won anything. Ramsey's gotten to one NF- or AFC championship. Nothing else. Got his ass burned by Mike Evans, too. Yeah, Stafford never won a playoff game until this year. Like, like OBJ, as much as we shit on OBJ, no pun intended, he... he the biggest thing standing in OBJ's great. way is himself. So That's I, all this postseason is proving. If he's yeah. in a situation where he's enjoying himself, OBJ is a very, very good receiver. But... Nobody's on the same level as Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup yeah. is – if Cooper Cup was just a little bit heavier, he'd be pushing George Kittle for best tight end in football right now because uh, watching a lot of that game – now, Cam Akers, somebody ought to just – Talk about talk about s- fresh legs. <laughs> somebody ought to smack <laughs> yeah. the shit out of Cam Akers and say, hey, we don't fumble. We don't fumble the ball. Let's not fumble anymore. Oh, my God. Cooper Cup threw. had a fumble too, but Cooper Cup made that, up for yeah. it with that last catch. They, they almost threw, man. I, I, for, first of all, not even that. The, 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 or sending the ball back 20 yards – 
after a Von Miller strip sack. Like, your defense just said, we're going to win this game for you. Don't worry. Just don't do anything stupid. Well, they did something stupid. Not once, not twice, but three times. They were really lucky that the score was 27-3 oh and God. not 28-3. Because oh. if it was 28-3, to you know Brady's like, oh, I got to be the first one to overcome 25 points in the playoffs twice. <laughs> if not, what am, I, what am I even doing? Am I even allowed in the Hall of Fame if I don't do two 28-3 comebacks? Uh, Sean, I mean, Sean McVay, I think Sean McVay... He just really wants to get himself back to the Super Bowl because ever since that season, it just hasn't felt the same. Mm-hmm. He's never put a team in the same spots as he has. To be honest, ever since that Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan's been the best coach in the NFC West. When everybody was talking about uh, McVay and his coaching tree, it really hasn't been all that successful. And now we're we're going to get to see some sort of conclusion about that with an, another matchup that's going to be the third time seeing two I, I teams. Just, I just like what this Rams like, – look, I, I, I want to root for your Bengals because cause you're a Bengals fan you're my friend. But as a Bronco fan, there's nothing I love more than seeing Vaughn play off Vaughn return yeah. because he has had nothing to play for for five years. Nothing to play for. This is the same Vaughn Miller that, has, that I've seen for five years play, but our team has sucked so bad that no one realized it. Like, everything he's doing for this Rams team is what he did when we were in the playoffs and we were winning, super, winning a Super Bowl. Like, he, he, is, he is feeding off of, off of single, single, or, or single blockers. He's technically the third pass rusher on that team. It's behind Quinn, behind Donald. I, mean, I, I, I would still put him ahead of Quinn. But I, I just what Vaughn does to, to not only Aaron Donald and what Aaron Donald does to Vaughn, like – when Tristan Wirfs was out, I knew it was over. I honestly did. I knew it was over because Vaughn, all he had to do was pop Brady in the mouth and say, I'm, I'm going to make you bleed. Remember me? Yeah, you remember me, the guy you could, you have never beaten in the playoffs? The, the same guy that, that uh, ended your basically la- one of your last runs in New England? Yeah, that guy is still around. And he said, I'm, I'm the man still, and just went after Brady, made him bleed, made ba- Brady cry like a little bitch, and, and said, I'm still the man. And that's exactly what this defense does, and the cockiness they have is well, is well warranted. He, they did play really, really well. I do think that it ought to piss Bronco fans off just a little bit because Vaughn is by no means in his prime anymore. There's a couple plays where I'm watching and I'm thinking back, like if this was 2013 Vaughn Miller, he's finishing the dip and drive. His balance is not quite what it was when he was younger. He can't really finish that dip and drive that made him so deadly all the time now. He can finish it a few times, and that's when he bloodied Brady's lip. That's when he was doing these other things. But he is still like a very serviceable pass rusher. It's uh, Leonard Floyd was the other the other guy that I was thinking about. Before Vaughn came on to the team, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd were the two guys tearing up that division on the D-line and now adding a guy like Vaughn Miller in there who he chases chickens for a living. He's going to be able to chase down Tom Brady. That, yeah. That's just something that's going to happen. And, and now you, you run into the situation of now he faces a much better offensive line in San Francisco, and it makes it much more interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about that game a little bit later on, but I will say my notes on this game, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why the fuck do you stop running that counter that was working so well on that first drive? Playoff Lenny, man. What are you doing? What are you? How do you beat a team with three premier pass rushers on, on their defensive line? You, you run the shit out of the ball at them. Yeah. Make Whether them they tired, stop it yeah. or not, it doesn't matter. As long as you continually lean on them, cut them every now and then, you're going to get guys to let up. 
I mean, we saw Alabama do it to Georgia's defensive line, who's the best defensive line in college football. They were able to do that and score 40 points on them in the SEC championship. Tampa Bay just said, yeah, that's working. Nah, we got Tom Brady. And, and, and I go back to the Tristan Wirfs factor and the fact that Ryan Jensen was not healthy. Uh, you could tell he was barely out there hobbling around and that he just – they didn't have another guy, so he had to be out there. Not having your all-pro right tackle, which I don't know if he's an all-pro guy but he, or, or on, actually an all-pro guy, but he is definitely in the conversation. He And not having him out there to, to be a menace to Vaughn, to Floyd, to Donald, just completely changed the game because Brady was having to get the ball off quicker and he wasn't. He wasn't. He he got tagged. Obviously, he didn't get sacked as many times as, as Joe. He's Pearl never going to get sacked because he doesn't hold the ball like that. But he gets every single play. Like one one of the things I I remember when I, when I played D line my freshman year or in sophomore year football was like as a, as a defensive end as D lineman when you're rushing the quarterback if you don't get to him and he gets the ball off go stand next to him. Just make him, him make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Like like make him feel you. Like yes, the pause on that, but make him be uncomfortable. Make him know that you're still right on his neck, breathing down his throat, because that is the quarterback's worst nightmare, knowing that my blind side is completely fucked. Yeah, well and the no fly zone defense was great in the secondary, but a lot of the reason why they were able to be so great in the secondary the front seven of that Broncos defense was so fucking mean. Anybody who crossed their face, defensive line, defensive end through inside linebacker, and it didn't matter if you had the ball, didn't have the ball, going to block somebody, blocking somebody else, you are going to get put on your ass at some point during the play. And that's what this Rams defense was able to find. It's more than likely the reason that Tampa Bay was not able to finish the comeback. That and... Uh, and talking about also one of the wildest plays ever, the new rule coming into play, the Eric Weddle... Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric Weddle... Uh, uh, the incomplete pass, late hit. Late hit, yeah. Which, I, I mean, I don't know what the ruling on that, but I, I don't disagree that if the ball is incomplete, that the ball should be turned over, but it is crazy. That's another... That's like this... It's weird that two weekends in a row we've had something weird go on with the whistle because that's oh, really you're what the, it Oh, you're surprised? Well... <laughs> the refs, where the referees have been all year? No, not the... I'm not... <laughs> I'm just, just... Yeah. They were... The way that they explained it on the broadcast was if that whistle blows 30 seconds earlier than it did or 30 oh. seconds later than it did, it's a targeting penalty. Eric oh. Weddle's going to be out of the game because the ball is technically still in play. It's not, no longer a late hit. That's a targeting call. Because he did. I mean, he speared he the shit him, out of him. He let him up. He speared him. He's trying to take out the best offensive weapon that Tampa Bay had, and he didn't quite do it. Shout out Scotty Miller, by the way. I totally forgot Scotty Miller was on the Bucks roster. Yeah, I mean, um, he's, he was the number two guy. That's all you need to know with everything that's happening in Tampa Bay. Yeah, there's, well, a, there's a reason why I was so – obviously my bracket is fucked. I don't, have, I don't have either of my Super Bowl teams anymore, but there's a reason why I picked the Rams over uh, over the Bucks was because of how injury-plagued this Bucks team was. It's not that, – that, that game on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon was the first time their whole defense was intact. Mm-hmm. First time all of the guys from the previous Super Bowl, t- Super Bowl team had played together without an injury like like at some point that familiarity comes into play yes those guys have familiar familiarity from last year but it's a factor in it did and uh not having godwin and obviously i mean does antonio Antonio brown make any kind of a difference i I would say yes because it opens a little bit more up for scotty scotty miller and mike evans but obviously there there's a lot more to that (laughs) yeah i would say tristan worse is way way bigger of a loss, even though he's not going to score you any of the points that you needed. Also, 
you're, you got to throw up the back end. Antoine Winfield, he's a great player. Antoine Winfield's the one that gave up that long pass to Cooper Cup. No, sh- no shade to him. That was just one of the dirtiest routes I've ever seen. Like, he left him so badly at the top of that route. Didn't even touch him. Just did a little hip fake. And Antoine Winfield was left at the 50-yard line while Cooper Cup's 20 yards ahead of him making that making that catch. Um, I'm going to go out there. This might not be as much of a limb as it used to be. Cooper Cup's the best player to ever play in the big sky. I honestly don't know what the list looks like. So, that's, that's all. I mean, it doesn't – he could be – Considered the best FCS player of all time, the the Division One AA level. But for now, I'm very confident in saying he's the best player to ever come out of the Big Sky. I think the only other one that I well, can really does, think doesn't of, Josh Allen figure no <laughs> Wyoming's D1A because they're in the Mountain oh, West. I don't, yeah, that's right. I don't know. Big Big Sky is just the the level down. So UNC uh, Vincent Jackson, who used to play for the Chargers, went oh, to UNC. Right. Yeah, so right. that that kind of a level level of football. Cooper Cup's just on a, a different planet. Um, another planet, speaking of, we have to talk about Mahomes. God, uh, I just... Oh, before we talk about any of the game, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most unlikable family of any NFL player. You just finding this out? No, 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 no. I'm not just finding this out. They continue to make it worse. His fiance dumping a bottle of champagne. I don't know about dumping. She was like celebrating. Okay, everybody was kind but of you celebrating can't, with her. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about the privilege it, it that also, she feels. It, it also was like the second, like the second or the divisional round. It's not like we're in the fucking AFC Championship yet. But you didn't even think about the p- people outside of the box. Whether like, whether it stops her from doing it or not, there was not even a hesitation as all oh, these people are sitting out there and sub. She didn't even realize that it was sub zero or sub freezing temperatures because she was sitting her sweet, ass in the yeah. suite. She's a freaking moron. She has no social conscience whatsoever. Neither does his brother. His brother's a. If Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes wasn't as good as he is, that family would would be working at McDonald's. Like I, I, I. Pat I, Mahomes, <laughs> Pat Mahomes and his dad have to just be sitting there like, what the? You guys are you, just because you, we're world class athletes doesn't mean you guys get to act like a holes in pup. Patrick Mahomes, all he's got to do is like, hey, hey, dumb fucks, just don't, just sit there and cheer me on because the last thing I need is another distraction. You can't even say you can't come to the games in person because they're just as bad on social media. You'd have yeah, to like it's... take Jackson's phone, and I don't want to see the hissy fit that he throws when you take Jackson Mahomes' phone. Um, anyways, the game was great. Oh, Patrick God. Mahomes, Josh Allen, those two guys, if that's not at least a divisional matchup for 15-plus years, depending on how the rest of the, the scouting and the teams put together – those two should be duking it out. That's the new Brady and and man and Manning. Uh, I see no lies. I, I see zero lies. I think you're just hoping Joe Burrow is the Joe Flacco. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> when you Super Bowl, <laughs> when you go in your Super Bowl. By but, the way, Joe Flacco's the last AFC North quarterback to be in oh, the only, championship game. Oh, only two quarterbacks since Super Bowl. 36 have made the Super Bowl or represented the AFC other than Patrick Mahomes, um, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I can't think of the last. Uh, Jimmy Mahomes. G was in it. No, 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 AFC. AFC. Oh. 
the Rich Gannon and Joe Flacco, since Super Bowl 36, the only other two quarterbacks outside of the Big Five that have represented the AFC and Super Bowl outside of the Big Five. Well, this is also, I mean, Joe Flacco besides Joe, Joe Flacco is the last quarterback from the AFC North besides Joe Burrow to get to this point of the playoffs from the AFC North. We talk about how great, I talk about how great the AFC North division is. I was talking to Rev, who's been on a couple of our old episodes talking about UFC, and he's a big Steelers fan. He's like, honestly, I don't like the Bengals, but I'm rooting for you guys because the North needs a little bit more prestige because we're just we're resting on our laurels of every other year that we've had because the Chiefs or the the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, they're not on the same level as this Bengals team. It's been proven this year, even if the Ravens were fully healthy, the Ravens aren't making it past into the championship round. Um, but the Chiefs and Bills too. I'm a little salty, mainly because I was I was. That close. I was 13 seconds away from my Bills take not seeming so I, Oh, man, I had so much money on the Bills. I just – I wanted anybody but the Chiefs. Anybody. I didn't I, – I, that's why you'll – spoiler alert, you'll, you, I'm not picking the Chiefs to win the AFC Championship because I just cannot stand another Super Bowl with this motherfucker. I just can't. And, and, and Josh Allen, I, I just – oh, man, like – I know what you're gonna say. Bills defense fucking sucked. They do, but 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 the Chiefs defense was not much better. No, they sucked too. They both sucked, and and, and the coin flip decided who was gonna have the ball last. And we all knew by the beginning of the fourth quarter this game was gonna come down to who had the ball last. And a coin flip decided who had the ball last. I know you don't. You're gonna say the coin flip didn't decide the game. The Bills should have won that game. Yes, you're completely right. But I'm also right in saying that the Bills had the ball to start the start overtime. Get, the Bills would be on to the AFC Championship. And that's facts. It's because neither defense could stop a fucking soul. No, with, with five minutes from five minutes left in the fourth quarter to the end of regulation, there were 25 points scored between both teams. So neither defense was playing well. I it. It just it's hard for me to say that the coin flip is what cost them the game when and I'll well, put the I'll put I'm the Chiefs in this category main thing. No, I'll put the Chiefs in this category too. When your quarterback gives you two separate opportunities to just win the fucking game and you don't do it, you deserve to lose that game in overtime. Now, the Chiefs deserve to lose that game just as much as the Bills did because their defense did the exact same thing. Patrick Mahomes went and took the lead back for them two times, held the lead for them for like 15 minutes of the game too, and they couldn't figure out how to, how to go with that. But when your quarterback does what these two quarterbacks did, and Josh Allen's even more impressive because he was not doing it to the Travis Kelseys or the Tyreek Hills of the world. He was doing it to Gabriel fucking Davis. Stephon Diggs did not do a thing Seven other than rushing. Other than seven yards rushing and tackling the streaker on, not even the streaker, tackling the bozo who jumped onto the field. Uh, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's, it's, That's the way that it ended. But if let's be honest, that game was looking like the A&M LSU game from three years ago, where it's going to end in eight overtimes and it's 78 to 74. I would have loved that. I would have been fine with it too. Because think, think about this. Josh Allen's last play of this season was what he thought would have been a game-winning touchdown drive with 13 seconds left. He didn't touch the field again. And and not because of and, – and there was a whole overtime and a whole – obviously 13 seconds. 13 seconds is a lot more time now than people think. But it's it, it, they, it, like the fact that he thought he won the game when last time he touched the ball and the fact that the Chiefs got two possessions, I – Obviously, the, the the overtime rules. There's there's so much talk because everybody loves college overtime rules because of how fucking brilliant they are. But there's other things other than than like it just seemed unfair. 
Like unfair, not not because I hate the Chiefs. It seemed unfair that Josh Allen didn't get to touch the ball again. Yeah. Right. Well, it just did. It just seemed unfair that these two quarterbacks came down to, uh, well, well, Patrick Mahomes. They won. They won the coin toss. They're getting the ball. Game's over. Because there's no shot the Chiefs would have stopped them on defense. There's no shot the Bills would have stopped them on defense. I don't care if the Bills would have won the coin toss, got the ball. I would have still had this take that the overtime rules still need to be changed. We almost had a fucking tie at the end of the season to send two teams in the playoff because they almost gentlemen agreements. Let's get rid of these trash overtime rules. I'll ask you. I have a couple questions to ask you. How many interceptions interceptions did Josh Allen throw in the postseason? I, I don't think he threw one. He Zero. Threw, yeah. He How had, many touchdowns did he throw? I think he threw nine or ten. Nine. That, that's, that's the also, only. That's the first time in NFL history where a quarterback's gone perfect and thrown more than five touchdowns in his postseason outings and is not going to be in at least the championship game. It's just, I, like, like, don't don't get me wrong. The Chiefs probably were the better team throughout the whole game, and it weren't for Josh Allen's just just mag- magnificentness. That's definitely not a word, but but magic magicalness. I am definitely spitting words out now. I I get, the game should have been over because the Bills had weren't weren't doing anything really. Running game was just non-existent. They couldn't stop a soul, and it just got to the point. And I, I just I just think we were robbed. It was an all-time game. We were robbed of shit overtime rules of it being even better. Well, maybe the best game. Pop, uh, right is this now, better right, than the the Monday night game between the Rams and, I would, and Chiefs? I would one hundred percent yes say yes because of this. That game the, didn't go to overtime. The, but this game was in the playoffs. Right. No, I, I, that's, I get that's, that. Yeah. But here's here's another place where we'll probably stand together. Micah Hyde and Jordan Jordan Poyer are both All Pro first team All Pro safeties. Does a first team all pro safety do what happened in the last five minutes of that game? Now oh, I, I think that we could sit here and say we both have at least one safety who's as good or better than both of those guys. Justin Simmons and Jesse Bates are right up there, probably even better than Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde. You know the difference between Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, and Justin Simmons and Jesse Bates? The defense around them. Because the Bills have Tremaine Edmonds, they have Harrison Phillips, who came out of retirement. Poor Harrison Phillips. I love that dude. He's one of my favorite all-time just hard-hat, blue-collar guys in the NFL that's ever played. I can't catch a break. Every single time that he comes back for one more run, the Bills just fuck him. And it, it's it's sad. And I, and I feel bad for Bills Mafia, too. <laughs> like, talk about a franchise that's just – or a city that's just been down yeah. bad. I I on the, I honestly I put out the poll last week on our Twitter at FEOTB Pod Chambers plug uh, if the Bills and Bengals did make it to the AFC Championship which downtrodden franchise would you have been behind and I almost we, I did not expect the Bengals to not be the reason that didn't happen I will be 110 percent honest I did not expect obviously I didn't pick we, the yeah, Bengals to win yeah we both picked the Bills to win and I yeah we did both pick the Bills to win I picked the Bills to be the Super Bowl champion so I had no longer. Of my initial picks, both I both no of our brackets are champion. dead. So, well, depending on how, well, I mean, you could pick you them. could care less about your bracket because of how everything else is shaped out for you. And I'm so. all, I'm already almost to the point where it doesn't matter what I do in the last few games that we have picked because honestly, the bench warmers are whooping our ass. Right well, yeah, let's be, I, mean, I don't think you gave me my points for the Rams. I, I flipped our points. Yeah, I, yeah, I flipped because I had them in the wrong spot. So I am in last. You're in second. The bench warmers are ahead. By not much, but they could. Depending, I'm I'm assuming they're probably gonna pick these games right because they've they've only missed one game so far yeah. in any of the playoff games that have happened. They're probably gonna end up winning, but no, this has not been not been my year pick wise. My no. year because I 
This is the first time I've ever. You been, could care less. I've never been excited about late January football. This is the latest you've, ever, or the, I guess the earliest in a year that you've ever worn Bengals Bengals stuff. No, normally it's uh, who are we going to draft? It's right? like, oh shoot, let's start watching combine shit. Yeah, uh, pro days, pro days coming up. No, okay, I guess not. Um, before we move on from football, Aaron Rodgers. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six teams that realistically have a shot in the cap space to be able to make a move for him. Now, the way his contract has worked, he is under contract technically until 2023 with the Packers. However, that is a voidable year. So this is the year that he could just say, I am not going to play uh, or I'm going to go play for somebody else. Now, the, the six teams are the Raiders, who finished 10-7, and seven, the Giants, who finished 4-13, and 13, the Saints, who finished 9-8, and eight, the Steelers, who were 9-7-1, Washington, who was 7-10, and 10, and the Broncos, who are 7-10. and 10. Broncos have odd are, are the odds-on favorites. Plus you, 240 right now, yeah. You tweeted out the, the picture of Brandon Stokely and Peyton Manning doing a secret Chess, not checkers, trip, baby. Recruiting Chess, trip. not checkers. Um, oh, if it isn't the Broncos. The Raiders, Giants, Saints, Raiders, Steelers, or Washington. I'll, I'll go through each team. The Raiders don't scare me because I think they're just going to – Like I know this is wild to say, but I think they're going to stick with Derek Carr because the dude did so much for that franchise. I think they'll stick with him. Um, Giants, I've heard they're in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. That's what I heard from them. I don't think – I don't think the – because the Packers and the Giants always had a little bit of a thing with Favre and Eli. I don't think they'd ever trade him there. Um, Saints, I don't know about the Saints because I uh, – because honestly – that, that's a that's a hot destination, but it would be nice for him because think about a guy, an offensive weapon like that, playing for Sean Payton, who's mm-hmm. one of the best offensive coaches the NFL has seen for 15 years. That's an intriguing, just match wise. It seems like it would be a good fit. And 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 Washington, there's so many other terrible things going on with this franchise that I think he would rather not go to a franchise that's he's that bad. Going, he's not going to a team that doesn't have a mascot. The, the, the team that scares me is Pittsburgh. That's just that, that's keep the buck. That's that's the team that just scares the absolute shit out of me. Me too. That's 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 the team that I'm like, huh? He, I don't necessarily want him to come to Denver, but I damn sure don't want him. To he would much rather have him in Denver than Pittsburgh because yeah, we don't Pitt, even play next year. Because so be perfectly fine with that. Because Pittsburgh was a playoff team. You had Aaron Rodgers on that team. That team is. Already, I would say it is the best team in your division. Aaron Rodgers with that defense is uh, and, a thirteen and, and four, fourteen and three type season waiting to happen. So that's that's the one that scares me. I will say this: I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I guess we can talk. We'll we'll talk about that here in a second. The coaching situation for the Broncos, but I, I I think there's a good shot. Like obviously, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful, but I think I don't think he he's. I think he's played his last great game in Green Bay. And if you look at what the Broncos have compared to what to what the what the other teams have is like, look, they have a good defense. Pittsburgh has that, obviously, but you have young weapons that you can that 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 do more for you that can make it a little bit easier. And I would almost say that the offensive line for the Broncos is better than the Steelers right now because what they were doing outside. Uh, look, I love Kendrick, but that offensive line was just not helping Big Ben at all. So that you have that going for you and the cap space. Pittsburgh doesn't have as, as much cap space because of the T.J. Watt deal, because of the Minka deal. Um, oh, there's one more. I can't think of the top of my head. Juju but, got ju- re-signed. Um, oh, I think it was another defensive player. I, um, I don't know. I mean, Cam Hayward's been – Yeah, it might, be a Cam, it might be a Cam Hayward deal because of that. And the Broncos have the, the, the flexibility where you can go get a coach that – 
I mean, the Broncos will hire a coach before they go after Rodgers, but you can get a, a new system with a, with a new head coach um, and just completely start from scratch and then basically bring in who you want. Because, because one thing that, that the Broncos have done better than anyone in the NFL is when they get a big name, people attract here. And they don't just sit on draft picks like the, like the Packers did. When you had Peyton Manning, you went out, went out and got guys. When you had John Elway, you went out and got guys. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers, if he were to come here, he would have a lot more free, free will. It's also a totally different scenario living-wise. It's, it's easier to pull free agents to Denver than it is to Green Bay because Denver might not be the biggest media and market. Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is. But I would say people love living in Denver. The players who have come to Denver and played here, even if they've gone other places, like I know Shannon, he's out in L.A., but that's mainly because he's Fox's show pony right now. But Brandon Stokely still lives here. He's coached high school football in Colorado and is on the sports station for Denver. Peyton Manning still lives here. I thought he was a Colt. Hey, Indy, uh, I thought Peyton Manning was a cult for life. Yeah, a, He doesn't live in Indianapolis. He lives in Denver, he's though. He's going to Nuggets games, not Pacers games. And, and I'm, just, I'm just pointing that out there. The, the main thing that I think whatever team is going to land Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't retire, because I'm not going to put that past him either, he might want the attention and might he might get a he might just go live in AJ Hawk's house and be on the Pat McAfee yeah, show just, every day with do, AJ. Yeah, yeah. Him and it's AJ and Aaron's corner right now. I can't. I mean, we're recording this before Tuesday, but if he shows up on Tuesday, I cannot wait to watch and listen. It's gonna be. I listen. I, I have listened every single week because I, I like I said that's the only thing that gets me through the work days is while I'm looking at spreadsheets all day. I just throw on the Pat McAfee show because it gives me entertainment to look at and listening to Aaron Rodgers on Tuesdays if he does show show on Tuesday. I can't wait to see because he's not going to give anything away. No, he's not going to. But he, uh, if anybody understands the uh, anticipation better, I, I haven't met anybody. He's like uh, he's Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I see you shiver with Antissa, and he will never finish that word. He's going to make you guess no matter what. But I think the main thing, the coach that he goes to play for, is. Uh, and right, it can't be a, a drill sergeant type. It's not going to be a Tom Coughlin type guy where if you're two minutes early to a meeting, you're late and you're not going to be in here. But the thing is with that with is 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 Tomlin, I think is around that is is that type of guy. He's he's a player's coach. Don't get me wrong, but he runs a tight ship. Yeah, I think which makes it my, interesting. But I think for Rodgers is I think he just wants to relax. Play a little bit of football. Play some football, have some fun. My yeah. golf after practice is over, and, and you can do that. There's plenty of great golf courses in Colorado. Just please don't go to Pittsburgh. Please don't go anywhere please in my division. Please stay far, far away from the AFC North. Um, no, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers, nobody loves Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> or me. Uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> let's be honest. You don't love Aaron Rodgers half as much as Aaron Rodgers loves himself right now. That's true. Um, and with the way everything finished and, and the fact that he can look at himself. I, I could not he can look at himself perfect. and go, I did not lose that playoff game. And I think that even if he did lose that playoff game, he's the type of narcissistic personality that would look at himself and go, I didn't lose that playoff game. Uh, I just, I just want everyone to keep the same energy. He's never won anything. He can't win the big game. Please. I can hate him even if he wins. I, I know. I know. I know. Please continue doing that because L.A. could never win the big one. Neither could Peyton. And two, three Super Bowls later here are the Broncos. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, real quickly before we uh, take a little bit of a break here, let's uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up with most dominant team of the week before we, we take our break. Uh, what do you have there? And then and we got plenty of stuff to get into on the other side of the show. But most dominant team of the week, who do you got? Mine's for the brand. 
the for the brand team, the kickers. It's the kickers. I I, I had to put the kickers because they they. Like I said, we, couldn't make a field goal in the regular season, but oh, three man. out of four hit the game winner at the end of the regulation. God damn, McPherson, Robbie Gold, and and uh, Willie Gay, and, or Matt Gay, one of the Matt two. Matt Gay, Matt Gay, yeah. Willie Gay played basketball actually. Matt Gay, Matt. Gay. So yeah, I good for them. Yeah. I, good for the brand. Very on brand punters and kickers are people too. People, you know, we don't we don't always have to. There, no longer are they Slovakian and never played football before. These guys are specialists. I, I've mentioned Evan McPherson in his draft process was kicking water bottle well, caps. Yeah, Gatorade balls <laughs> on the top. That that was how he's practicing. So Shooter McPherson, I, I don't. I, don't I love the Shooter stuff. That shit's hilarious to CJ me. CJ Uzamba, like, <laughs> and he's sneaky. He's sneaky, a, a pretty good weapon over the middle of the field. But he's a locker room glue he's guy if I've yeah. ever ever seen one. And uh, I I love all that kind of stuff. My most dominant team of the week. Uh, there are other sports going on besides football. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won eight of their last ten games. They outscored their opponents in that stretch, thirty-five to twenty-four, for a plus eleven margin. And uh, Tristan Jari is sneaky, probably a front runner for the Vesna. He's top five in every single major goalie category. You know that's cute. Um, that's that's really cute. But I mean, I I know a team that has won fifteen straight home games. That's all I'm going to say. Fifteen straight. If they want to keep playing like they're playing, they're going to get their ass upset in the second round of the playoffs again because. They won't kill teams. They let teams hang around. Fifteen straight home games. You get home home ice advantage. That plays to your plays to your factor. That's all I'm gonna say. It does. It does. But Pittsburgh, I think they've been looking looking great, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't have to worry about them until the Stanley Cup Finals. So Pittsburgh's my most dominant team of the week. Let's go ahead. We'll take a little bit bit of a break, and we got some more stuff coming at you on the other side of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Welcome back, Bench Warmers, to episode 74 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Uh, we, we still have other stuff to talk about besides football. We have our pick for the, the championship games, uh, plus a little bit of an update on, on the standings of our postseason pick I mentioned it before we went into the break. I don't think – unless I pick opposite of everything you do and the Bench Warmers do I'll and tell you, I I'll win tell you, I'll all tell you those. one thing. We complete, pick two completely different teams. That's fine. Uh, so, and I have a little bit of reasoning as to – reasoning behind my picks so there's there's some gamesmanship going on in that but uh nba nhl nhl is at their mid-season point espn's giving out their mid-season grades but really quickly i've just been noticing there's quite a bit of an injury bug going around the nba clay's knee is not quite as good as they probably thought which i mean the guy took two years off of playing so probably really really sore as somebody who's never played basketball and i played two minutes in our rec game my legs the next day i was like what the I didn't even get touched. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I can't move. My legs are just that heavy. Um, what team do you think is most susceptible for the to a collapse if the injury bug persists? Collapse. Because right collapse. now the, the Bulls are well on their way to a, a major collapse. Bulls are – yeah. I, I predicted that the Bulls would make the play-in game. I have 50 bucks on that. So I'm hoping they collapse a little bit. Um Collapse-wise, I oh man, I would almost say Warriors. I I know wild to say everyone's so high on the Warriors. Clay's been injured, Steph's been injured. Maybe Utah, um, or or honestly, Memphis has been just so scorching hot too. What what John Morant's doing is just unbelievable. So I would pick I would pick those teams. Um, it's I, I don't know. It, like I said, 
there's the, the Nuggets are on the right side of everything right now. Well, the Nuggets got their injury bug last season. Yeah, they're still coming <laughs> off of their. They're still trying to get out of their 2021 and, injury. And bug. what MPJ and Jamal Murray are doing in warmups, just oh my god, oh my heaven mercy, and and. and, and I, we haven't talked about this. Shout out, Bull Bull actually finally getting traded. <laughs> he, did, well, I mean, the dude failed two physicals before he actually got traded. And Boston, so and Boston said, "Fuck it, we'll just take you." <laughs> so I, I guess, yeah. I, yeah. You want to get out of there so bad? I guess we'll take you. Yeah, I'm very interested. Like Brent Forbes played very, very. Uh, I have obviously the game Tuesday night is going to be a little bit different, but he's been playing pretty decently. It's another good shooter. Get Faku off the court for fuck's sake. The dude is just. What can they do with him? He he, he is right now. A minus three twenty four no, for s- for any of you non basketball slash stat nerds. That means when Faku Campazzo has stepped on the court this year, he is the other team is outscoring the Nuggets by hundred three hundred twenty four points. It, it is it is asinine. It is it is like like watching. Oh, what was it? Memphis game. I was at that Memphis game. It was on Friday, or it might have been on on Sun or Saturday. I forgot which one day it was on Friday, and they they legit like. They were up by four in the third quarter with four minutes left. That little five foot ten Argentinian motherfucker steps on the floor and goes automatic minus sixteen. Plus minus like 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 look, I get Jokic being off the floor just kills everything. Don't give me wrong. I know I'm aware of that. It's like I said like I said, it's like watching a chicken run with his head cut off. Like watching this Nuggets team without fifteen on the floor. That's why he's also Jokic is favorite right now in the MVP race, fun fact. For fuck's sake, it's about time. So so I but man, I, look, Forbes has been a great addition. I think he'll be really, really good. Get Faku off the floor, get Jamal Murray healthy, and sign Boogie to the whole year, please. What seeing Boogie out there, I think just makes a difference. The dude is as tall as Jokic, mm-hmm. as big and thick as no pause on that, thick as Jokic. Plays like a big man more Plays than as a does. big man. That coming off your bench with Mike Malone, uh, his familiarity with him, I think it's just gonna be beautiful to watch. So I'm hoping he, because he had six games. They, there's a reason why they signed him um, when they did, so he could play six games um, in this 10-day contract. But man, I I would love to see Boogie stay. Um, and Forbes obviously is, is is on this team for for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, I I just cannot wait till 27 number one come back in the fray, and then the Nuggets are a five seed, and then we get to play Memphis in the first round, and then get to see those motherfuckers in Phoenix and Nuggets in four. That's all I'm gonna say. It's so weird for me to think about, especially with the last two years that the Nuggets have had. They're so close to 500. This is I'm like, what? I don't know how this team is either. People are like, oh, Yoga shouldn't be in the MVP because of the because of his record. The Nuggets right now are three games behind the number two seed in, in or or I want to say they're as far back from the number two seed as they are the number ten seed. So that means they are right on the cusp of being a home seed in the playoffs again for the fourth straight year. Three straight years was already something no other team in basketball actually take that in the in the West has done. And people are calling for Michael Malone's job. Fucking stop. Oh, my like, God. Like hardcore. I they just, are, I, oh. for for some reason, I don't know why, And because we let George Carl be on the cusp of the playoffs for years before we moved on from him. And Michael Malone is about to do three straight home seeds in the playoffs, and he's the reason this team is underperforming like, this year. Yeah, I'd st- we have two top five, top, top ten forwards in the game when they're healthy 
on the bench right now because they can't play. I, I like I said, I just people need to relax. Malone is if he he is the best coach in Denver currently. I will say that without a fact or with a fact, but like it's not I, much competition. I know not much competition. It's him and Bedsy right now. Him and Bedsy are the Bedsy's only. Bedsy's been pretty good though. I'll no, tell you I'm, that. I mean, I'll, I I'm not saying those two are like. On a different level. Different level than ever. Than, I mean, we don't even talk about the The Mammoth black. might have the third best coach in Colorado right now. <laughs> or, the, or the Mammoth. The Mammoth. Or not the Mammoth. The, the Rapids do. Yeah. Leslie Frazier, I think is his name. Because he was coach of the year. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's Leslie Frazier. Are we talking about Rapid fuck. Soccer right now? Yeah, Rapid Soccer. I know. We just talked. There's a soccer talk for the year. <sighs> See it come at us next year for so, Rapids Talk yeah. 2023. Speaking of Bedsy, I mentioned the NHL got their midseason grades from ESPN. Uh, the Avalanche currently, as it sits right now, they're playing. Uh, they're up one nothing on Chicago when we're recording this. They're 39-28-8, and 59 points on the season. Best point total in the Western Conference. I think they're three behind uh, Florida and Tampa in stay, the East. Stay that way. We, 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 want, we want home ice, but we cannot win the President's Trophy. So <laughs> all we've been saying, Jimmy. No, I get, I get that. So we, 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 want to, we want to have a number one, number two seed. So Vegas comes here. So, so uh, 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 St. Louis will have to come here and play at minimum two or three games Even to Nashville. beat us. Even, Even Nashville right now. Or Minnesota, for that matter. They all have to come here. That's the most important thing. I, I agree with you, and I'm not saying that the Avalanche are playing Poorly by any stretch. I'm just a little bit nervous with the way that they're allowing teams to stick around with them in these games. Like that Montreal game where they win to overtime. You can't tell me that they shouldn't have won that game 7-0. They're winning ugly games, which makes me feel better about their situation. Because good teams win the games that you shouldn't. Good teams win the games that, that you know, it's a, it's a second half of back-to-back. You know, you travel all the way to Montreal or, or it's a, it's whatever whatever the case may be. You win those ugly ones to get the points you, when you need, and that's what makes me feel better about this. Like, look, it's, they should have killed this team. There's no doubt about it. Montreal fucking sucks. And, and you, you have you have twice as many home wins as they do wins in general. But, I like I said, it, it's important to hit your stride at the right time. It's important to get these strides in right now and get yourself into a secure spot with a home, with at least two or three home series in the playoffs and then you get to then you get then you have a little more on your side because like i said 15 straight home game home wins like that's that, that that in any sport is 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 very difficult i think the only other places that you really see that very often is college football mm-hmm. but like it's that's so important now well 15 straight home wins is it's a franchise record, and they're continuing it so far. I don't think that they're home. They're at Chicago right now, but they're going to come back, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to win their next game in Ball Arena as I'm knocking on wood. Um, the ESPN MVP midseason was uh, Nazem Kadri. Not too difficult to pick. He's got 51 points in 36 games and is fifth in the entire he, NHL. He, he won't win MVP? No, he won't. But, but, just, but for, I mean, it's good for him. It's absolutely great for him. He's playing, incredible. He's the best player, especially offensively, for the Avalanche current right now. The only other player I think you can say is having more of an impact on these games is probably Devon Taves because yeah, he's leading the league in plus-minus yeah. right now um, at plus 32, I want to say, this, as a defenseman. Th- th- this is what's important. Like, years past, we relied so heavily on the big three or big four as it was. Now you're getting that production from everyone else that you need to win, to go deep in the playoffs. I still just the, – the goaltending just still scares me. Well, That's all I'm going to say. That, I uh, I did just pick up Fran- Frankie in uh, fantasy as, as one Frankie of my – Frankie very well may be our playoff goaltender. He could be. I mean, he's playing – that's the good thing about the Avalanche goaltending situation. They don't have a tried-and-true number one like Andre Vasilevsky, but both guys are playing very solid 
other other stretches of the season. Francis, since he's come back from injury, if he could stay off the injured list, he's been playing great, and he's our he's our go-to goalie in shootout situations, which uh, not necessarily it doesn't matter anything in the playoffs, but for now, especially in these games where you go through for some reason the Avalanche does don't beat anybody three on three in that five minute overtime period. Yeah, or you get a stupid BS call where you have too many men on the ice when the other team has ten players hey, on the ice. When nobody else can beat you, the refs have to try and get you some losses on the season. You can't go undefeated through an eighty two game season. So, uh, but I will say I just want to point out the only people in front of uh, Nazem Kadri scoring or points wise, the Oiler Twins. And Drysidel and Dude, McDavid, f- free Drysidel. See how pissed he was? Oh my god! I'll take Drysidel. That is that is the like the, the nastiest. Just fuck you to a reporter I have ever seen. Dude has fifty eight points, and that team is out that of the wild card spot. That team sucks. And oh. uh, oh, Huberto and Ovechkin are the only other two players in front of Kadri right now, besides McDavid and uh, Drysidel. So, other than that, the goaltending and penalty kill for the Avalanche are the two main concerns, according to ESPN. I don't necessarily disagree with that, um, but they they are doing everything that they need to right now. They're the best team in the West, and the West has some some stalwarts. Dogs. They have some dogs. Like the, the Predators, Wild, and Knights, St. all four Louis. teams. St. Louis. Well, no, Vegas isn't our division, but St. Louis is. Just the Western Either Conference. Way, yeah, the West, uh, the West, yeah. It's it's crazy to see what they're they're able to do right now, um, Avalanche wise. Benchwarmer of the week. Before we get into the conference championship weekend, uh, what are we what are we thinking for benchwarmer of the week? Uh, I want the Packers because uh, I, like not, said, this is the end of an era for them. An end of an era, end of end of a end of a uh, generalization of of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like your 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 franchise. Jordan Love's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> I mean, uh, you never know. But right as of right now, no. No, no, no. He's not. My bench warmer of the week is the Buffalo Bills defense because, like I said, Josh Allen gave you two opportunities to just win the game in regulation, plus that drive in overtime. The fact that you gave up a 75-yard, 50-yard drive with 13 seconds left for them to kick the field goal to push it to overtime, everybody knew the game was over at that point. It was over and done with. The next person to get the offense, get on offense was going to win that game. So, Ben Jormer of the week for me is the Buffalo Bills defense. I, 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 can't I, I, I mean, I would say that that coin flip or, 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 the, or the NFL in general should be Ben Jormer of the week then too. Hey, you, you, have, you have arguments to make there. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll get into conference championship weekend. Each game now is worth 10 points. Last weekend's games were worth five. Only one person out of the two of us picked one any game winner. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I it was, picked one right. You picked one game right. The bench warmers went three of four. The only game that they lost was the Bills game. I don't know how they picked the Bengals in that poll going because you have a lot of Bengals fans following us. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The bench warmers are in front right now with 28 points. Uh, I believe, if I I did the math wrong when I was doing the outline, you I believe have 28 points. So you're three behind the bench warmers, and I have 13 because I had 13 from Wild Card Weekend. So not great. Not I'm the great. football guy. Not great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, AFC Championship. Bengals four seed going to the two seed. Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs, and this is my reasoning behind it. I've picked against the Bengals yeah. every round so far, except the Vegas, except except for Vegas. But I did say that they had a heavy chance to lose that game. I'm not going to flip 110% and say that the Bengals are going to win this game. I'm going to continue to disrespect them because they like being disrespected. Everybody said that they have no chance to win 
games and, and I'm I'm fine with that. If this d- does end up costing me 10 points, I'll be fine because I'm going to be talking about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be miserable watching the AFC Championship, and if they do make it to the Super Bowl, I'll be miserable watching that too because it sucks watching your team in games that actually matter, especially when I'm so used to them just losing in th- these types of situations, figuring out a new way to lose. <clears throat> and, uh, the Bengals played the Chiefs offense very well in that regular season game, and the Chiefs were playing. They, the Chiefs, it's not like they were not playing any of their starters. They still had not solidified their seeding in the playoffs when they played. So that they did get the Chiefs' best shot, but they got they've been getting so lucky. They've been getting so lucky in these games. That they've I, been I, I I will say this in terms of helping out your pick. I don't think a team has ever beaten Patrick Holmes twice in a season. Uh, the, I, I know a division. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I know the Broncos haven't. Nope. I know. I know. I don't think the Raiders or the Chargers have. And besides that, I don't think. I mean, Mahomes has been to the Super Bowl two out of three. Two times, out of three years. Or been three to the AFC Super Championship Bowl. three, or f- I think four of the four, four three, years. I don't know. One of the two. He's yeah. been in the AFC Championship every year that he's been a starter, and he's been to the Super Bowl twice. So he hasn't lost to a team twice in one year. So that hurts you big time. But I hate the Chiefs, <laughs> and I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes again. I don't want this team to win. I don't. And, and I will say this. The one thing the Bengals got going for them, they don't have as, as good a pass rush on the outside. Mm-hmm. Your, your weakness at the tackle position does, isn't going to be as exploited because Melvin Ingram comes off on the inside. Chris Jones, Frank Clark come off on the inside. So all you need to do is – Send Joe Mixon up the middle and block those guys on pass rushes, and then also just run the damn ball. And then also the Tyron Matthew factor. If Tyron Matthew is not playing, Joe Burrow may throw another fucking four touchdowns. I'm saying because these DBs for the Chiefs, if you, great. If, you, if you if you think Danny Sorensen has a shot at, at defending Higgins, Boyd, and Chase, you're wrong. They got good corners. They do. They have some decent corners. Not any any all pro guys, but halfway decent. But if you don't have anyone over the top, then you have three guys who can blow the top off any any defender. This ain't Gabriel Davis we're talking about as a third receiver. Third receiver. So this is what the Bengals got going for them. It's just anybody but the Chiefs. Anybody, anybody but the Chiefs is a good philosophy. I think that outside of Missouri, because it's not even Kansas City, Kansas, mm-hmm. outside of Missouri, everybody is rooting for the Bengals, which rooting for the Bengals, <laughs> I don't think that anybody besides you are going to pick the Bengals. Oh, openly. I'm probably not going to bet on them. Let's no, keep it a buck no. here. I wouldn't. I, I am stay- I wouldn't. I'm staying away from spreads after last week. I'm working on, on, on these same game parlays because I almost won me some fat money with Derrick Henry. If he needed, I think, 17 rushing yards, and I would have hit a $50 bet. I had a touchdown and him with 75 rushing yards, mm-hmm. and I didn't hit that. And then I hit Josh Allen, I think, two-plus touchdown passes, and I obviously hit that. So I am, I am staying away from the spreads, but – at the same time, seven point spread is interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they don't. They obviously know the factor that Patrick Mahomes is never lost to a team twice in one season. But still, I mean, it does bode well that Joe Burrow put up four hundred yards passing and four touchdowns the last time that these two teams played. No interceptions, too. Also, and that's important too. The yes, turnover factor in this game. Matthew not being in the game is bad, but Ladarius Sneed is a very good defensive back for them. When it's Matthew and Ladarius Sneed, this Chiefs defense is a totally different animal. Sorensen 
Sorensen's one of those old school types. Sorensen's like an Atwater type safety or a John. Don't Lynch. you ever de- compete, compare Danny Sorensen to John or the John Lynch and Steve Atwater? All he has Gosh. is like one or two knockout shots a game. And I'm not saying that he's even. I'm not even saying that he's as good of a cover guy as those guys were. But Atwater and Lynch were there to knock somebody out of the game, and that's what Dan Sorensen is is there for the Chiefs. He's not he, there to. He's, he's there to make sure someone's season is ended. And it doesn't matter if he gives up a touchdown when that happens as long as he's able to knock somebody out. I will say, uh, if you're going to avoid tackling Jamar Chase like uh, the Titans did, it's going to be a long day. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for, Jimmy. Just, I, like I said, I, I don't have faith in your team, no. but I just don't want the Chiefs. I just don't want the Chiefs. I, I cannot stand this team one more year in the Super Bowl. Three straight years, I just I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't, Jimmy. I can't. That plus a 13-game losing streak against them, I could see why you don't like the Chiefs all that much. I had to put it out there. I, 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 I'm sorry, but I had Aaron to. Aaron will change things. <sighs> well... Um, 49ers at Rams then, the, the NFC Championship. We mentioned how – we mentioned it ad nauseum, how Sean McVay has to ask Kyle Shanahan to take the car out and uh, make sure that he's home before curfew. Otherwise, Kyle's going to get mad at him. He doesn't want to get mad at – doesn't want Dad to get mad at him. Um, that being said, very, very difficult to – I believe they're 2-0 and against the Rams. Yeah, they yes, are 2-0 and against the Rams this year. Yeah. I, it is so difficult to be a team three times. I, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying too. Is, and – now it's it's in Los Angeles. The Rams are the home team. They have the chance to be the first team to play in the championship game plus the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in their home stadium. Second, it could be a second straight year a team played a Super Bowl in their home stadium. I believe that would be the first time. I don't know if you saw Darren Ravel tried to say that they'd be the first team to ever play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium because apparently 2020 didn't, didn't exist happen, for Darren yeah. Ravel, um, and the Bucks didn't win the Super Bowl last year in Raven James Stadium, but they did. Um, 49ers, though. Scheme-wise, everything seems to be working for them. And we know that the Rams are liable to give the game away. Very, very much so. Yes, it it all depends on which Stafford shows up. Now, the Stafford this past weekend was not Detroit Matthew Stafford. He did more than enough to win that game. And he never put the team, didn't throw an interception, never put the team in a position where they were going to blow that lead. Everybody else tried to. Is Are they going to be able to overcome something like that again? I, and are they going to be able to get after Jimmy Garoppolo the way that they did against Tom Brady? I don't I don't know because 49ers are not going to get away from running counter and ISO. They got a much better offensive line too. Just blocking in, yeah, blocking in general the, the 49ers the, the, are. The thing I will say is that I think the Rams are better at run stopping than the, than the 49ers are at, pa- are, are at pass defense. I think that that the ability of Cooper Cup and, and and OBJ and all the different things they can do. Tyler Higby too. Tyler Higby H- is uh, he's been underrated solid, yeah. middle of the field weapon. And, and what they can do offensively, I think, just throws another X factor into this game that I don't think the 49ers can match. I think, obviously, I mean, if they were smart, they would just tell Ramsey just to follow Debo everywhere, because I mean, because that's the only shot you got guarding him, and it's not even a great shot. But at the same time, you got to be able to stop the run. And if they can stop the run and make Jimmy G beat them, then I like the Rams' chances. So I'm going to go Rams here because I don't think Jimmy G can beat them. And I think that the, the 49ers, like, like I said, if they need to do something similar to what they did to the Packers two years ago. Mm-hmm. Run the ball 100 times. Throw, sprinkle in some, some counters. Sprinkle in some, some jet sweeps. Sprinkle in some dunk and dips. Like the, just 
do some of that and you'll win the football game. Don't make Jimmy G go win you this football game because he's not talented enough against this talented of a defense to win you a game. Mm. What's the point total that the San Francisco has to hold the Rams to for Jimmy G to win? This I, game? I would say under 20. Under 20? I would say under 20. If it's under 20, then the Rams Fortnite's have a very, very good shot. But if it's over If, if it's over 21, I, I think the Rams take this one. Okay, I'm I'm picking the 49ers. Obviously, this is not either team that I thought was going to be here. I picked the Bucks last week to beat the Rams, and I didn't think the 49ers were going to get past the Cardinals. Uh, shows how much I know. Um, so we're opposite. It could I could end up making a comeback. I don't necessarily want to, but that's uh, it's interesting that this is pretty much how the postseason pick them is going to going to go. This and, is going to be the deciding And weekend. I'll just go on a limb right now. Out of these four teams, I would I would want the Rams to win. I'm sorry. I would love the Bengals to win, but I just I, I think that the Rams I think the Rams deserve it. Go get I hope Vaughn gets another ring. I hope that Stafford can finally get the monkey off his back and and, and Cooper Cup can establish himself as one of the best and same with Jalen Ramsey. If uh, Stafford wins a Super Bowl, does that change his Hall of Fame I mean, possibilities? I, I, I think it. I think it skyrockets it. Does he, you think that he's going to be in no matter what if he wins one? I don't know. I don't know about that because the argument is that Eli is a cusp, cusp Hall of Famer and he's won two. Yeah, and I would say that Eli and Stafford have very very similar teams that they're on and similar like talent around them. Yeah. The only difference would be that I think Stafford physically is is way more talented than Eli, but then Eli mentally was a different different level than than Stafford was too. He wins the Super Bowl and gets the Rams. I I mean, the Rams could – I mean, I don't know how long they'll do this for for they are selling out for one Super Bowl. They don't have a draft pick or a first-round draft pick or second or third, I think. I don't think they have a draft pick to the fourth round next year. So it's and all they in. they have a first-rounder until 2029, I believe. That's, that's 10 – no, not 10 years, it's seven a, years. It's another seven yeah. years. It's 28 or 29 is the next time that they have a first-round pick. Trade, and who knows, they, they're probably going to trade that pick away too yeah. for somebody because less need – at least less need and all those guys in and for the Rams, Cronky uh, for the Rams knows what they're going to do. They're just going to throw as much money as possible in free agency, and draft and develop is not a part of that franchise. And that's the LA way. It is what the Dodgers and what the Lakers both did. Obviously, the Lakers being a little bit different because I hate that organization. And the Rams, I kind of just feel bad for at this point, but. Well, I mean, the LA way. Who is the the best player that a LA team has drafted? I mean, uh, Donald, not thinking, Donald. Yeah, it's 100% Donald. Donald is, but you can't even throw the the Dodgers in there because the Dodgers have, they've drafted, uh, they drafted Bellinger and, and developed him. They drafted Seager and developed him. But other than that, nobody else has been in that system. I think Kershaw. besides Kershaw. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's all that kind of other stuff. There's your baseball, baseball talk for, for the next 10 weeks. Too. No, there's no season to, to preview or anything like that right now. There's no winter meetings or spring training because the MLB is still locked oh, out. Damn. I, I, I don't watch much baseball, but I love going to spring training games. Living in Arizona for three years, mm. I, went to, I went to so many games. Man, those are so much fun. It'll be interesting to see how these championship games go. Obviously, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Super Bowl matchup when it does happen because the Pro Bowl has to happen before the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll be watching. We'll, we'll, be, we'll have something else to talk about, I think. Well, uh, <laughs> this might be the first year that the Bengals won't be represented in the Pro Bowl ever. Because, Which is a good thing. No, I'm saying <laughs> it could be a, a great thing because the Bengals might shock the world and, and go to the Super Bowl and, for and the, the first team, time. And the team with the most Pro Bowlers is, is uh, not in the playoffs. 
I mean, that's cool. That's all you need to hear. So, Pro Bowl doesn't matter. Uh, let's uh, let's get into what's brewing now, presented by our friends at the High Alpine Brewing Company. Um, I got something. Uh, I, I was sh- scrounging to try and figure this out. I went to the NHL page on ESPN and I found AHL News, the American Hockey League. So not the highest level professional league, but it's the one right below. There's AHL and Pretty ECHL. Pretty sure it's a theater league. Yeah. It's, it's like the minor leagues for NHL. It was uh, the the two teams involved were the San Jose Barracudas and the Tucson Roadrunners. Christoph Prabic is a forward for the San Jose Barracudas. He was suspended 30 games for a racial gesture made at another player. Um, apparently... P.K. Subin's brother, for, for those who weren't aware of the situation. Yes. Uh, the, the player... Who had the gesture made about him? I have his his name. I'm pretty sure I had it. Uh, Iko ah, Iman Boko is the the name of the guy, the road runner who uh, he was making the gesture for. Apparently, there was a heated exchange. He made a gesture of of a monkey and and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, we don't have to go into the the history or the connotation behind why that is racially motivated, but uh, Boko is uh, African-Canadian descent, P.K. Subban, Subban's brother. Um, it was in, happened on the 12th, reported to the AHL on the 13th, and the statement from the AHL uh, was, it is unfair for any player to be subjected to comments or gestures based on their race. They should be judged based only on their performance on the ice and uh, as a teammate in the locker room, as a member of their community. Habrick did make a public apology pretty much right after the the suspension came down. I said he was very ashamed, but I think that this is at at least the right step. I mean, I don't know if you can say 30 games is warranted in in this situation, but it is a step in the right direction if we want to talk about players being more respectful of everybody else. A 30-game suspension, I don't think this is ever going to happen again. Or if it does happen again, it's going to be – there's obviously now a precedent set. So set. I I will I will I will fix your thing real quick. The the it was uh, Jordan Subban who had the res, racial gesture against him and Jacob Panetta is is what the um is what the athletic is saying at least. ESPN has so two know. opposite guys. ESPN did say that it was because I'm, I'm pretty sure I thought it was a a, a Subban last name. Because I thought it was at least I know it wasn't Malcolm because he's a goalie in like New Jersey and PK obviously is not in the AHL. I'm pretty sure it was the third one. I thought it was at least. I don't know, but either either it's way, a thirty day suspension for something. He he that that player did did uh, get released. I'm almost positive. I, I saw that too. Where they just I think we're talking about two different stories. Because yeah. mine is the the San Jose Barracudas and the Tucson Roadrunners. Oh, then we are. The, well, there was another one that oh, yeah. Great. It, it's the. I mean, it, Su- I did see Subban was mentioning something about race, race in yeah, the NHL. I think, I think it, that might be yeah. the ECHL because there was yes, something else coming out yes, of it yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. That's so, a, that's yeah, other feeder league. So two instances of it, which is still one is ridiculous, but two is even worse. Awful. Um, yeah, that's my what's brewing. What do you got? <laughs> my, my, my what's brewing, I guess, is a little more positive. I. I I had one that well I'll, t- I'll say it for later, but the Broncos head coaching search is down to three teams, three not three teams, three people. It is Dan Quinn, which I don't think is, any, is a big surprise at all. It's Nathaniel Hackett, the coordinator for the Packers, and Kevin O'Connell for the L.A. Rams. And I was 
very, very high on Taylor Hackett. I was like, let's get Hackett. Oh, that's the guy I want. And then Dan Quinn creeps into my mind. Like, you know, the 17 of the last 25 Super Bowl winning coaches have been uh, fired from their old head coaching job. So I thought maybe why not? And then I just took more research into this Kevin O'Connell guy. And now I am starting towards leaning wanting O'Connell. Because, look, four remaining teams in the NFL or for the playoffs, all offensive head coaches. Reed, uh, uh, Shanahan, McVay, and, and, and Zach Taylor, all four offensive coaches. Dan Quinn does nothing for your, for, your, for your offense. He doesn't do anything for your offense. Daniel Hackett, you are hoping that brings in Aaron Rodgers. But as far as we know, Aaron Rodgers hates everything about the Packers organization. So are you really, really begging on Nathaniel Hackett if you, for whatever reason, which I'm, which there's likely chances may not happen, you don't get Aaron Rodgers? Do you trust that Hackett being the guy going forward? I don't know. Kevin O'Connell is the guy that I think could be the perfect fit where, where Aaron Rodgers and him could scheme a whole, hold everything together, and then O'Connell could come in, and, and if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, you can go get a Kenny Pickett, go get a, go get a Corral, if, for, wait, let him sit for a year, or whoever, and, and can, can develop him into a decent quarterback. And I don't see Dan Quinn doing that. Obviously, the Hackett factor is with Rodgers. But I love these three coaches. I would have loved Bienemy. I would have loved Flores. But I think Flores has his eye on the Bears job. And Bienemy, I think, wants to stay in Kansas City because he's going to take over Andy Reid's job in two years anyways. So that's the way it is. I, like I said, I am very, very happy with George with what George Payne has done. I will just say, please wait off another week or two weeks or three weeks until the Rams are eliminated for the playoffs to make your decision. Yeah, I think that is the interesting part about the way the NFL calendar is set up. I don't necessarily know if I agree that coaches should be able to take interviews or look for other jobs while their team is still in the playoffs. I O'Connell can't get a second interview. Right. He was able to get that first interview, I think, the week of the playoffs starting, but he can't go in for a second interview. Dan Quinn, obviously, and Nathaniel Hacker out of the playoffs, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, and they were also, I mean, a guy that I thought was going to be more in the conversation for the Broncos job was Brian Dable. And that was he, also he wasn't even interviews. He, yeah, yeah. It, uh, he's fallen out of favor a little bit, especially now that they they lost. Even though you don't, you I mean, can't put all, that. It's, it's all on Josh Allen too. That offense. What I mean, if you have Josh Allen, you better hope that you can do that. Yeah, it, that's kind of the the way things are going. I was surprised. I thought that you would have wanted Dan Quinn. I didn't think that you'd want to start over with want, another I, first year head coach. I just don't want another a another defensive head coach. We've had two straight ones where you missed out on on Kyle Shanahan. You know, we go back to it, and then I'll, and, and look at the other coach in this in this in the playoffs still that you had a shot at. The Broncos interviewed Zach Taylor. Obviously, you didn't like him at the beginning, but the Broncos were one of the teams that they're running. But you went out and get got Fangio because you thought you were a contender. At some point, you got to make a decision. You got to be like, well. We're getting Aaron Rodgers. Let's build the offense around him. Or you make the decision. Let's get a young coach, get a young quarterback. And let's get this thing back on track. Mm-hmm. And but you got to make that decision very, very soon. So that's that's where we're at. I like I said. I would I would love. I honestly don't mind either of the three coaches. I just would like an offensive coach because the last two defensive coaches have had the worst offensive production I've ever seen out of, out of, out of a team. And when you play in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, and you put up only fucking sixteen points per game, you're not going to win any football games. It's uh, the way the AFC is trending right now. All of the quarterbacks left in the AFC with 
going into the game on Sunday night with the the Chiefs and Bills, uh, yeah, the Chiefs and Bills, every quarterback was 26 years or younger. So none of these guys are going anywhere anytime soon. Herbert is not going anywhere anytime soon. Still on charges though. That's the only thing we got going. That's the only bad thing going the, against him. The only thing that's going to hold him back of any of his success. But I think you know, just please, d- d- please don't trade for 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 Kirk Cousins. Please don't trade for Jimmy or go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Please just, just. There's only two there, quarterbacks those are that la- you bring in that you don't draft. Th- those are lateral movements. There's either we go forward with a young co- quarterback or we upgrade with a with a, with a with an absolute stud. There's there's only two upgrades. It'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. I don't think I was initially thinking that they're going to wait till the owner situation is handled. The owner situation has a, a long timeline on it because. The trust has the ability to negate whoever. And it's crazy to think, like, the last Broncos game I watched was that Sunday game. And from that point until next season, the Broncos will have a new owner, coach, and possibly quarterback. That's that's how you that's that's a complete culture change if you ever want to talk about one. It is, and it could be. I mean, the, it's going to be the best thing for them. Now they just got to make sure they don't miss. They've missed. Two times in a row. Not miss. Please don't miss. Two times in a row. All right. We got uh, Beats of the Week and Player and Play of the Week to wrap this episode up. So let's go ahead. We'll get into Beats of the Week and Bullis Pick. All right. Beats of the Week uh, to wrap things up here on Episode 75 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. I've got three lines that I found. Nico's just going to – or Bulla is going to give us his Bulla's got all my picks, yeah. Nico didn't have any – Nico's betting currently, but – since it, we don't put this game, yeah, put the episodes out until a couple game, a couple days later, it's difficult with no yeah, real football. Yeah, since we record Mondays, there's there's not really a whole lot of scheduled games with lines out. I'll just, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. So uh, my three lines that I found, the Bengals plus uh, 7.30 to win the Super Bowl, the biggest return on your investment. If they get past the Chiefs, I don't know how they, they wouldn't win the Super Bowl because if they beat the Chiefs two times in a season, uh, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure – is it in the last two or three years, Super Bowl champ has beat or outside of Chiefs, Super Bowl champ has beaten Kansas City. Well, I don't know what the, I think. I don't know. This, I may complete, be completely wrong. This no, is, you're. This, I think it's the last three years because the Patriots, the Patriots beat them beat in the them. AFC Championship. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl against the 49ers, and then they were in the Super Bowl last year. So it's the last three years um, for sure. My next one, Golden State to win the Pacific Division is plus 260. They're plus 230 to win the Western Conference. They're plus 260 to win the division. Uh, I think they're in the same division as Phoenix. It was Phoenix. It, it might have been Phoenix that was the, the I'm odds on. I'm positive they're in the same division as the Lakers. Divisions don't matter. No, they well, don't. But it's just. But still, yeah. I didn't like them necessarily to win the West because Phoenix is is really good. Yeah, but winning the division, it, they're not the odds on favorite to win the division. And then my last one that I found, Tanner Janot, forward for uh, – Nashville is plus 1,100 to win the Calder. It's his second season, technically. Uh, he's got 25 points, 13 goals, 12 assists. He also is uh, physical and handles himself. He goes and runs people into the boards, and then the other – like he just beat the shit out of Keegan Colesar on Vegas. And as a rookie, beating a guy like Keegan Colesar, it's, uh, it's a nice feather in your cap. But, uh, you, when you can go around and play as physical as you want and then back yourself up, not have to worry about your enforcer getting – your fighting time for you. That's, uh, I mean, that's my. You always love to see that. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's your type of hockey player. Absolutely fantastic. I think if Bulla played hockey, he'd probably be that way. Bulla would be a four, three foot, 
just absolute menace. That's all I'm gonna say. Bula's picks this week. Like I said, I, I gave you three or Bula gave you three picks last week, all the, the divisional games. There's only two games, but we like to stick with the three because the three is the magic number. So so we're gonna give you three picks, same game parlay time, baby. I know these get wild, but let's ride. Bula, what are we thinking for the first one? The first one. Oh, okay. First one, Debo anytime touchdown score. He feels that Debo will get in the touch, will get in the end zone somehow because he's done it. I did it week uh, uh, eighteen. I'm pretty sure he did it earlier in the season. Make it three for three. Debo getting in the end zone. Then he doesn't like Jimmy G. He he feels he will throw under two thirty four and a half yards. Under 234.5 yards for Jimmy G. He likes those odds a lot because he thinks the 49ers, they're going to win. Jimmy G's not going to be throwing that much. Mm-hmm. And then under 58.5 rushing yards for Cam Akers. One thing that, one thing that uh, the 49ers like to do is they like to play smash-mouth football, and they don't give up a lot of rushing yards. They're going to make you beat them by the air. And the Rams, he, Bula believes the Rams are going to beat them by the air. All three together, plus 535, great return investment. Jimmy G's a lock. Yeah. Debo, I think, is a, is a very, very close lock. Under 58 and a half is where, for Cam Akers is the hot seat there. Yeah, I mean, if he fumbles the ball four times again, yeah, I think true. that's going to hit no no problem. But if Cam Akers is playing well, Cam Akers is still a, a very, 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 solid, very, very solid running back. And, uh, well, Fred Warner is playing for the 49ers, so that helps out their run defense. Um, it's just totally different. Nobody can run on the Bucks. No, a lot of people have shown that they can run on the 49ers. 49ers didn't have that great of a regular season record, so that's my only bullet. That's the only one that I'd say eh to. And I know well, Bula did have his worst showing last week. He only hit one, and that's when he wore the Titans jersey. So we're wearing the Yolkus jersey for good luck because he's got to wear the goat, and, and and but to bring some good vibes in here. So he's feeling really confident in this game because he doesn't like. The the only the only line he told me he, that he liked was Jamar touch chase anytime touchdown score because he think he can blow the top off the roof. So that's the only one he likes for that Bengals Chiefs game. He doesn't like the spread because he doesn't know what Chiefs team we're going to get and what Bengals team we're going to get, and he doesn't like that over under because the Chiefs can catch on fire and so can the Bengals. So that's where we're at. That's where Bull is at this week. It, he will have. He, Bula has told me previously that he will have two same game parlays ready for you for Super Bowl weekend. He may even throw some some. I don't know if we can bet on it. The Pro Bowl, but we will be having some lines for the Pro Bowl next week. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I'm hoping that he's in some new stripes next weekend. If the Bengals win in the AFC Championship, I'm gonna put him in. I think he, I got to give him the Hall of Famer jersey, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll at least give him one of those. But he'll be hopefully he's in a Bengals jersey next weekend. But I think his same game parlay might. I don't. I don't like the parlays. I think the parlay because I. I always See, pick one that loses. So I don't like the the the, the different game parlays. The same game parlays. There's been a couple you, times where you send me the the multiple game parlays and you're like, one, one team. away, one away, one, one team. Those the fucking Cowboys the yeah. first week. It's, all, it's either the Cowboys <laughs> it's, or the Raiders. But God, it's always one these, team. Oh, yeah, it, it it sucks. I know it does. But the thrill of of hitting that one hundred dollar bet. There's nothing like it. Oh man, there's nothing like it. Hey, they call it gambling for a reason. Be sure to gamble responsibly. But that's uh, beats of the week and bullets parlay for episode 75 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Uh, now let's go ahead, player and play of the week. Let's wrap things up. Send everybody home happy. My player of the week, Shooter McPherson. Four out of four field goals, uh, f- two from 50 plus, and the uh, 
he scored 13 points. The the anecdote that Joe Burrow said where he's warming up on on the sidelines and he just goes, yeah, I will probably go to the AFC Championship. Endeared me forever. He's the, the best kicker that the Bengals have had for quite some time, and that's why you draft a kicker in the fifth round. I, I, lo- I love the the shooter stuff. Like I said, I love Shooter McGavin. I love shooter. shooter. I, I love it. I mean, it's it's perfect for it. I hope he. I hope the Bengals win. Like I said, but my player of the week is the animal that everyone thought had the knockout power. Can wrestle. Francis Ngannou wins via wrestling. Five takedowns. Torn MCL. Torn ACL. And begs the question: Is Ngannou done with MMA? Because he may be. I don't understand how Gane didn't go after the knees right off the bat. That makes no sense to me. If a guy wears knee braces, walking into the ring, that's the first thing you do. So, but Nganu wrestling was absolutely incredible, honestly. Like, he was very, very intact. The jiu-jitsu incredible, getting top position, not letting Ghana get position at all on him. It was, I mean, it was it was something I had ne- I never thought I'd ever see. Uh, he did that as a plus one thirty five underdog, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Oh. We Might won. We did. We one. didn't win money on football. We won money on UFC this weekend between God of War, which, I mean, like God of War too. Uh, that, that was that was a little bit of a that was a good fight. Mm-hmm. But but they'll probably run it back one more time. But yeah, two the co-main event and the main event hit both the underdogs. Um, God of War, Davis, Davis and Figueredo, and then gone. To, I don't understand how he was an underdog. No, I mean, they thought that – I think that the UFC wanted him to be the underdog because they wanted Gone to win. Yeah. Now then Ganu can walk away as the UFC champion. He doesn't have to fight again. He, true. He's won. And in, then you can get lines. John Jones versus Cyril Gone, and then then John Jones can run the heavyweight division, I guess. There you go. That's uh, Dana's hope. <laughs> play of the week, what do you got? Play of the week, my God, Jokic, you're a damn animal. Jokic on, on uh, was it Thursday night? It was either Wednesday night or Thursday night against the Clippers. Oh, man, he did everything. <laughs> he did everything he possibly could. And a game-winning three by Aaron Gordon. Jokic had a seven-footer and a double-teamed in the top left or top right of the screen, if you're watching on TV, score, corner threw it all the way perfect in the pocket to Aaron Gordon. Pass, game-winning three, Aaron Gordon over to beat the Clippers in regulation. It was one of the craziest passes I have ever seen. Jokic that night put up 49 12 and 10 and outdid the other guy that night the other mvp candidate which i will say he's an mvp candidate he's not the best player in basketball but he's the second best player in basketball that's joel Embiid, who dropped 50 in 27 minutes it's a big man's league and Jokic right now and Embiid are dominating and i just cannot believe that i get to watch nicole Jokic do this for however many years in nuggets uniform when your center is the best offensive catalyst for your team you got something rolling oh yeah that's great uh, my play of the week is the Cooper Cup catch to set up Gay's game-winning field goal because what he did to what I think is one of the better safeties in football and Antoine Winfield Jr., making him fall over at the 40-yard line. That's that's a that's a uh, that's a uh, piece. I'm done. Your career ender. And unfortunately, unfor- Cooper Cup's just the most humble guy, so he didn't even really care. He just caught it and won the game. But it was a hell of a play. Uh, I, I will say that. Uh, it was a damn damn good play. Damn good catch. Um, so that's going to bring us to the end of episode 75 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Thank you, everybody, for checking it out and listening along with us. We have p- more content coming out this weekend. I will have my 
what could be the possible final reaction to the Bengals season. But so far we've done two for two on, on playoff wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll also have our other videos coming out on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe here at the far end of the bench, ring the notification bell, leave a like and a comment. Also be sure to follow us at FEOTB pod on all of our social medias. We've been putting a lot of stuff on TikTok as well. So be sure to follow us at FEOTB pod, everything like that. We got more and more stuff coming NBA, NHL, uh, the Olympics, 10 days away now as yeah, we're recording I, this. I cannot wait. Like, I love football. I love basketball. But nothing gets me going like Sean White going for his fifth gold medal. I told you, I put on the X Games to, to try and calm myself before the Bengals playoff game this past weekend. So I'm ready for the Olympics and everything like that to get going. But episode 75, it's been a great one. Going to continue rolling on. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bench. This has been... Nico the Bench. Nico the Bench. Nico the Bus. For the Far End of the Bench podcast, episode 75, myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryan. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Peace! This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a final thing. When the night is cold and low. This is a dollar belt Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts.